Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Hi guys, I hope you're well. Before we delve into this week's content, we want to quickly run through the itinerary so you're all aware of what we're going to be discussing on this week's episode. Now we're going to start off with the games on Super Sunday and of course the big one being the game between Liverpool and City. Now just a little disclaimer, the boys were completely unbearable um, and of course, you know, given the fact that they, they, you know, they came away with, with all three points, be prepared for some strong Liverpool propaganda. We're then going to go into um, the rest of the uh, episode with a very special guest in Sammy Mockbell. Um, we delved into a few topical debates before discussing the uh, weekend's uh, the, the fixtures on Saturday. Um, the first topical debate was around the topic of do players make managers or do managers make the players? We then go into the discussion around Adam Traore and who he's pledged his international future to. Um, and as we already mentioned, we're going to then dis- dissect the uh, fixtures from Saturday and of course Friday uh, before then going into the unpopular opinion and rounding things off with the prospect of the week. Stay tuned. listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the beautiful game podcast as always i'm your host budge and i'm joined by my faithful two co-conspirators dot and dead gents how's it going i'm good budge man how are you i'm very well i'm very well feeling very well rested so <laughs> yeah. raring to go I've, man i've only slept for like four hours <laughs> <laughs> but we move isn't it unfortunately <laughs> how about you Dej? how's it going yeah i'm feeling fresh and reinvigorated i'm looking forward Sit. to this one we've got a good guest today as well uh, absolutely absolutely so of course in recent weeks we've tried to start off the uh the pods with um a, a more general football topic before we delve into the weekend's fixtures 
Um, we're going to change up the format a little bit today, just given the fact that, you know, there was a, a game of great magnitude yep. uh, played in, on, on, on Super Sunday. Um, so we're going to start off with uh, uh, analysis on that game. Um, and the rest of the uh, Super Sunday's fixtures. And then we're going to go into the general football topics and then obviously uh, um, uh, analyse the Saturday's fixtures. Now, the, the the game played today was a very, very interesting <laughs> one. And I I guess when it, when it comes to games of that magnitude... It, the game starts well before the uh, uh, the, the, the the you know the game actually definitely it's, 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 it's a whole week, week. It's a whole week. week. Yeah. 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 and we were seeing back and forth between the managers um you know one manager would would comment on on a particular player uh, 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 diving mm. someone would respond yeah. back with tactical, with tactical yeah. fouls yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff and and it, it it just makes for a more interesting game because then there are so many layers added to it it's almost like a boxing match mm. build up of know, course 100% you know the face off so and many all of subplots. that sort of stuff so yep. many subplots um and 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 of course you know you've got the, uh, the the facts and the stats that come out before the game as well and 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 the uh, one that was particularly interesting was the the fact that city hadn't won away at anfield since 2003 and so of course you know pep um, you know, had, had a tall order, uh, you know, if you just look at, you know, history and, 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 and the facts, um, not to mention, of course, having a few players out injured, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, everybody was sort of, uh, keeping a close eye on, on, on the, uh, the, the, the sort of the lineup yeah. and, and, and there were questions about whether or, or not Edison would mm-hmm, start mm-hmm. And, yep. and be fit and so many other things. Um, and, 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 you know, the, I, I guess the, the key argument before the game was, you know, is it, is it a must win for Pep? Is it a must win for Klopp? Um, is it, uh, is it a can't lose, um, for, for both Klopp managers? Klopp said it's a want to win. Yeah, game. Exactly, yeah, exactly that. I think, I can't remember. I think I was telling you off air that it's more important for Liverpool to win this game. Mm. Um, I feel that City would have, you know, accepted the point at Anfield because mm-hmm. they know that, yeah, this is the ultimate acid test mm. in the Premier League. If we keep the cap at six points, I'm going to be more than happy with that mm. from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just to go into the game, I feel that... I recall saying it last week, actually. I said I'll be very, very surprised if this Liverpool team don't score at least three goals. And mm-hmm. again, like my views just stand up to, to scrutiny <laughs> all the time. They always prevail. Um it was exactly how I knew the game was going to be. Mm. Man City were going to come, you know, they were going to try and, you know, settle down Anfield, make the crowd go quiet, you know, pass along their back four and try and kill the, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually doing well because they started off the game really, really well and mm. they were really um, getting into Liverpool's final third and looking dangerous. They had a lot of set pieces early on. Um, Liverpool were very guilty of um, making silly, silly fouls where mm. we could have potentially yeah, Mane, been punished. Mane was very, mm. very, you know, clumsy early on. Mm. But later on, you know, his defensive work was diligent and we really needed him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just to go back to the beginning of the game, I mean, this is the only ground that the Sheiks, Sheik Mansour, mm-hmm. he can't buy a winner. You know, <laughs> I said before this game, I thought the game was going to be a draw. Mm-hmm. But when I, saw, yeah, when I saw the, ta- mm-hmm. when I saw the team lineup. And Edison weren't in it. I knew immediately that Liverpool are going to win this game because mm-hmm. it's all about those small percents. Mm-hmm. And the way the game started, hmm, City were, you know, 
looking threatening. Mm. You're thinking, mm. Phew, they've <laughs> come to win this. Here, yeah. mm. Because if you look at um, Pep's tenure at Manchester City, he's taken it incrementally. Mm. He's had his slappings, the 3 0, <laughs> the 4 3. But marginally, he's improved. <laughs> you said then, he's a setback. Then, then uh, last season, the 0 0. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking, you know what? I've sussed out Anfield. <laughs> and this game, you could see that he's thinking, you know what? Let's go for the win. Mm. And the first 10 minutes, I was thinking, wow, we're in a bit of trouble. But again, that Anfield sting. There's something mm. about this ground. Mm-hmm. Conceding two in 15 minutes. Mm. We saw that in the Champions League. And, and this Liverpool side, I'm going to say it now. This Liverpool side have got six fingers on the trophy mm. and I see them winning it. Before I said five to eight points, <laughs> I'm going into double figures now because I think this City team <laughs> have reached the end domestically. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to chuck it in and I can only see them making mistakes and losing more games. You know, and what, what do you say uh, for the people that will say that the scoreline doesn't, isn't, isn't a fair reflection it's on fair. I think the it's actual fair. Early, It's fair. Game. The goals yeah. came against the run of play. I think mm. when you look at the whole um, complexion of the match, I don't... You know, at nil no, I didn't ever feel we were going to concede. Um, we went 1-0 up, you know, a terrific breakaway goal. Um, Which was for, against the run of play. Yeah. And there was, a, uh, you know... Well, I can't say... A di- well, it, it was a decision, essentially. Play, but if I told you to describe a Liverpool goal... How would you think of a Liverpool goal on the counter-attack? Yeah, yeah. I think and that's, that's what fair. Liverpool done today. And I think that's the reason why like, Pep Guardiola was so incandescent on the sidelines. He's probably trained for this all week <laughs> in training. Yeah, all it's week, true. we do not concede a goal by a counter-attack. And mm-hmm. what happens? Liverpool go up and smash one in. Mm. And he sagged into his chair thinking, oh, oh no, God, not again. this again. <laughs> this is what we practice 15 times mm-hmm. and we're seeing it happen. And again... Pep, he just can't solve this Anfield problem. Mm. I mean, this is a ground that he's lost the most at, I think four times. And I think, as I said, Liverpool were setting traps. City were confident. That first five, ten minutes, mm. they were thinking, wow, is this Liverpool? Mm. Anfield. Yeah. Then Liverpool just said, you know what? Let's hit them on the counter-attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tunj made a great point about Sadio Mane. When he was going up against John Stones, he was imploring the rest of his teammates, come up with play, I'm going to skin this guy. Yeah. And he skinned yeah. him, mm-hmm. then out popped the ball. And Fabinho has these strikes in his locker. I've seen it at Monaco. Yeah. People are yeah. saying, no, oh, if it's Edison, he would have saved that. But when you see the goal time and time I again, you can't save it. it. Yeah. No, Liverpool it, it, have won the league. Yeah. This is the day. <laughs> let's take Sorry. it back a little bit. Wait. So let's, re- let's rewind. Before yeah. uh, Mane was imploring his his, his <laughs> yeah. colleagues to, to come forward, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there was a master blaster from from Fabinho. Let's yeah. go okay, back you because discuss the incident. It, it, mm. because VAR seems to always yeah, come up in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. now one of the reasons that Pep was quite incandescent, as you said, Doc, <laughs> yeah. is because <laughs> he felt his team should have been awarded a penalty. Mm. Um, you know, the ball hit Trent uh, uh, Alexander-Arnold yep. on, on, the, on the hand mm. and shortly after that is where... Okay, he, but Liverpool, before that... Okay, right, wait, 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 before okay, that but hit but Ronaldo. But you won't mention that, Budge. People love their mm. gender. Even mm. when it's Gary Neville's, it. they make mm. it seem dramatic. So when City lost, oh, it's because of the handball. <laughs> but when you look, you know at the mm-hmm. incident on mm-hmm. a whole, you could clearly see it hit Bernardo Silva's hand. Mm. And when they were showing the replays, Bernardo Silva wasn't even present. He knew. Mm. Genie Wijnaldum was telling Aguero, no, it hit him first. Yeah. So that means it's a foul. So technically, the referee was playing advantage, which we then scored from. So yeah. there's no need to stop the play. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you scroll back to the goal, I mean, to the to, to the actual incident, you'll see that Bernardo Silva didn't even, <laughs> he didn't even <laughs> yeah. ask for a penalty yeah. because he yeah. knew that it hit his hand. Mm. Um, I think... 
like this Liverpool team, I feel, you know, they get underrated and overlooked at times. I feel people, you know, just attach a stigma to them that they're a counter-attacking team. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Liverpool team, they're so brave on the ball. They never knock it long at the back. It's always pass, pass, Early pass. on, we were a bit jittery though. Mm-hmm. We were a bit nervous. But as you mm-hmm. see, as the game mm-hmm. settled down, mm-hmm. gaps started to emanate. Yeah. Man City's midfield was vacant, mm-hmm. absent without leave. Like they were, they emptied the midfield. So I just feel that Man City always get the praise about how good they are on the ball. But I also mm-hmm. feel that we need to start putting Liverpool in that same bracket because honestly, it's a truly amazing team. And for me, it's the best starting eleven in the world. I know, and Lovren mm-hmm. came in today. There were question marks. I wasn't confident because mm-hmm. in these type of games, I remember the four-three game. He didn't really cover himself in glory. Mm-hmm. He had a few issues with his footwork, <laughs> you know. But all in all, he, he played was, a good game. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. And I just think our fullbacks, man, Trent, and you know Robbo. What mm-hmm. a compliment of fullbacks that mm-hmm. we've got at our disposal. I mean, the whip, we haven't spoken about the second goal. That whip, I was thinking, you know what? Play, slide Marnie in through the channel. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. easiest mm-hmm. ball. But he thought, no, I'm an assist king. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And he picked the ball and Salah just Put guided it in. People have been criticising him, saying he hasn't been playing well. That's how you answer your critics. Yeah, to be fair, I think Salah in the first half was amazing. Angelina really, really struggled. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and mm-hmm. the point I want to make is that the thing with Salah and Marnie is that it's fair factor. They don't really need to do anything in the game or be involved. Mm. But as long as they're making the right runs, they're standing in the same positions time after time after time, they're always going to be a threat to the opposition. Mm. And I think even if we scroll back to the first goal, I feel that if you see the clearance from the Man City defenders, they were like, oh my God, Salah's mm. around. Mm. We just need to get rid of mm, this It's ball. panic mode. Mm. Panic mm. station. And then Fabinho just smashes it in with a master blaster. Mm. Fair point. Can, can, can Pep feel... Um, a bit hard done by of course, in terms of, of well, yeah, because, of course. because w- when you win at Anfield or if you are to win at Anfield, you need every decision to go your way. Mm-hmm. You need to get the, the, the roll of the dice all the time. Mm-hmm. And when things go against you, you just know how the game is going to come and mm-hmm. it's going to be mean, a Liverpool win. And we saw that in the Champions League, the 3-0, I think Liverpool had an offside goal. Mm-hmm. If there was VAR, that goal would have been ruled out. Mm-hmm. So Pep, on his last few visit, visits, hasn't got the rubber the green. Mm. But still, you can't legislate for some poor defending. Mm. And Manchester City, I think, coming to that defence, the question is, can Liverpool exploit their deficiencies? Mm. And that's what we did. Because they're probably, they're the best team with the ball. Yeah. But we rendered that I null think, and void. Yeah, but I think it's, 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 it's defensive deficiencies, but also... Just a lack of, uh, you know, that being, be, being clutch today. Because there mm-hmm. were there were chances. 100%. Aguero, you know, uh, mm. had one or two that he should have really... But Anfield is it's haunting. It's haunting for him. I think he's had maybe, what is it, 14 appearances Zero at Anfield? Goals. Mm-hmm. Zero goals. And again, he was subbed off. Raheem Sterling, he tried. He had mm. a few attempts. But he was fiery. He was feisty. Mm-hmm. Before the game, he says, ah, oh, playing Liverpool strange. And you can see that in his play. Mm-hmm. He tends to overthink things. He was having scuffles with his English colleagues, you know, <laughs> Trent <laughs> and Gomez. Yeah. So you can see the occasion actually gets to them. Mm. So yeah, You yeah. even saw him with, um, with Trent. He was like, don't try that. Don't try <laughs> yeah. that. Man. Trent just gave him a little nudge off the pitch. Um, <laughs> but just to scroll back to Man City, I think the defence is not fit for purpose. You know when you buy a product mm. and you don't like it and it's <laughs> defected, mm-hmm. you, you chuck it away, right? Mm. And what we're seeing with the Man City defence is that 
they're not good enough. And mm, until they pe- get Laporte mm. back, they're going to be, you know, susceptible it's, to dropping points. It's a defense that's been pieced together. <laughs> Obviously, of course, Pep, it's a Kyle Walker. <laughs> 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 I you love that one. I mean, Kyle Walker, Cancelo's been brought in as a replacement. Mm. John Stones, Pep doesn't like him. We all mm. know this. Mendy. Fernandinho, he's a uh, centre midfielder by mm, trade. He's mm. having to plug the gap. What's Angelino, He's coming from the wilderness. You got yeah. Mendo, you got Zinchenko, then yeah, you've got Angelino. Yeah. So let's be honest, this is a second string defense. Mm-hmm. But they'll get a lot they'll get away with murder against a lot of teams. But Liverpool aren't one of those teams you want to be playing with that defense because mm-hmm. they'll exploit you. Mm-hmm. And we saw that blitz, that 15 minutes blitz of Liverpool that really put them to the sword. And mm-hmm. at 2 0 up, I said to Dot, this is game over. I think you even said that one nil that, yeah, this. It's yeah, done. We don't concede more than one goal in a game. I'm <laughs> confident with this defence. This is yeah. basically like our first choice defence. You've got Alisson, you've got Trent, you've got Robbo, you've got Van Dijk. Whoever Van Dijk plays with, they'll have a decent game. And that's what we saw today. Put, that, that's the point. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, put, these guys have got that, a string no, in their no, sets. No, 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 <laughs> I'm going to be real... I'm going to really scratch the surface here, but mm. I just want to, you know, get my point to you guys. And, like, with Liverpool, you have to score three goals to win. I know it sounds basic, but Liverpool score two goals minimum every game, except for Man United, of course. Mm. And they can see one goal. So how do they lose? Mm. I've said before <laughs> that this Liverpool team, you're going to have to nail them to the canvas to beat them. Mm. They offer no encouragement. And mm. once we took that lead, I knew this is important. This is going to be decisive. Mm-hmm. And we have to be honest, early second half, City gave up. They were feeling sorry for themselves. I was very they, surprised that Pep yeah, didn't make any yeah, changes at half-time. They were feeling sorry. You know, they looked a beaten while. team. They mm-hmm. were throwing their toys out of the pram. Don't forget, they're like the school ground um, bully. They're used to having it their way. And with this Liverpool team, they know, oh, they're so energetic. <laughs> they want it so much. <laughs> and again, that proved to be some of the difference. And going uh, forward, mm. I think this game was about how City lost. And the way they lost, yes, they mustered up some courage in the last 15, 20 minutes. But this is a huge psychological blow. Not only is it nine points, it's a huge, you know, ramification mentally. Mm. Yeah, and they've got Chelsea next who are flying. I think we need to shine a spotlight on two midfielders that played today. I think Jordan Henderson, he's a player that, you know, comes under criticism played and scrutiny a lot, of, a lot mm-hmm. of the times and he was absolutely superb today. Mm-hmm. Got that amazing assist. I remember when he done it, they just like, don't cross the ball. There's no one in the box. Delightful mm-hmm. cross, money on the back post, bang, game over. Um, what do you think about the keeping? Because, you know, Bravo's come under some scrutiny. Do you I think, think he could have done better? I think a lot of the pundits are looking for a reason to blame Bravo. Mm. I think mm. any shot they're just gonna say, hmm, that looked a bit yeah, suspicious. The first goal, the first goal was unsavable. Silly. Yeah, they'll mm. be silly. Um, the second goal again, I don't you think he could have done that, yeah. much mm. with that. And the third goal, I thought I can he see done maybe he could have done better. When I, saw I don't it. personally think it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I just want to point to Gundogan again. I think I keep saying it on this podcast. He's shot to pieces. Mm. When I watch him, he can't. It's like he can't move. It's like he's stuck in mud. Mm, he's had, you know, a few bad knee injuries <laughs> and they look to have taken his toll. You know, he's immobile. Yeah. You know, him and Rodri together, I'm not sure about that midfield. Obviously, I know Pep was probably going for stability, mm. but it ended up being their undoing because they were playing against a Liverpool team. You know, Henderson, Energy, Wijnaldum, he's going to harry you. Fabinho, Wait, for me, Dej. the best defensive midfielder in the world. Are you saying that Pep went with a Brexit midfield today? Yes. <laughs> he, he was looking, he needed to protect his defence because yeah. when you look at that defence, it's a second string defence. Mm. Angelino, he's their third choice defender. Uh, Kyle Walker, he's not been in the reckoning. Mm. John Stone, we all know he's probably 
I'll say third or fourth choice. Mm-hmm. Him and Otamendi, it switches. And Fernandinho, he's not a... Even mm-hmm. the back five, Edison weren't there. Yeah, <laughs> so, of course, of course. you know, um, City were having their problems and Liverpool's job was to exploit that mm-hmm. in all of its glory, and which we did. Final point on the game. I just think, um, as much as I love him, Kevin De Bruyne, he was really, really poor. Mm-hmm. Um for the past three weeks, he hasn't been at his best. So I think that's one to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe might need to take him out of the team for a week. Get him fully fit again. I think ever since he had that injury, he hasn't really fully recovered yet. Which mm-hmm. injury? What, the knee or the groin? Was it, was it the groin? Is okay, yeah, the groin. Yeah. The yeah. groin yeah. injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting one to look at. But he's an amazing player and he'll mm-hmm. be back to his best very, very and soon. And he was picking up some different positions as mm-hmm. well. We're watching, we could see him coming to the left because maybe Liverpool would have prepared as their main, you know, creative mm-hmm. factor that he's going to pitch up on these right channels mm-hmm. and whipping the ball. Or we maybe, saw him coming mm-hmm. to the left to do a lot of his damage. Mm-hmm. And or it maybe, didn't quite happen. I think maybe the tactical player may have been that okay, if we play him on the right and we get him to whip the early ball, Van Dijk is going to have that near post all the time. Okay, you get what I'm yeah, trying to say? Yeah, Maybe yeah, that yeah. was what they had in mind. Mm. That Van Dijk but De Bruyne has got that quality to, to get miss, up, yeah, yeah, to to miss Van Dijk. Van Dijk yeah. It was interesting from Pep. Mm, fair point. I know you've already mentioned Gundogan. You've mentioned how um, De Bruyne didn't have a great game. Uh, Claudio Bravo and whatnot. So, but to save us talking about City in the whole of the prospects of the week yeah we're gonna have uh, a specific prospect of the game mm. <laughs> almost mm. so just for this game for, for for City Liverpool who who was the worst player I'm not gonna, for you it, it for doesn't you necessarily mean what? the worst player is my prospect I'm mm. gonna, I'm gonna go left field I'm okay, gonna fine. I'm gonna go for maybe people might say it's an obvious choice Kevin De Bruyne mm-hmm. he's a man you know before <laughs> the game you know you get all these players that come to Anfield I'm not scared of Anfield mm. I'm motivated by mm. it it's only a fan base it's only a crowd but he, he, Anfield. he went missing in action mm. you didn't really see him he was trying but he was buckling sometimes you're like <laughs> hold on where's your balance boy and he didn't really you know get this City team ticking yeah. to what you know we would expect and mm-hmm. for me Kevin De Bruyne has to be the prospect of the week Mm. Of the game, of the game. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, yeah. I said I'm going left field. Um, I know this one is going to, you know, catch the table by surprise, but I'm going to go with John Stones. And and the reason why I just think... expect anything from him. He's always a prospect. <laughs> I mean, this is a he's 50 a tear million... free, <laughs> tear free for a defender. Dude, I mean, this is a fifty million pound centre back. Um, mm. This guy was tipped to to be the next world class English centre back, and I feel that. In the time of need, you're meant to really be stepping up and coming to the fore mm. in this Man City backline. And as you said about Tunj mentioning that, look at Mane. He's saying, I'm going to skin this guy mm. and, and get this ball in. So come to me. And I think that's just indicative to how low John Stones is rated by fellow professionals at the moment, where mm. they feel that they can say, I'm going to beat you and you can't stop me. And that's what Mane done. Mm. So John Stones, you're my prospect of the game. <sighs> tough but of course do you know what I, I i want to go on record and say he he is of course someone who's suffering with a loss of confidence how at the long? moment so but i i still need yeah, him yeah, to be it's true, yeah. i i still maybe I think just you, not I good enough think, i i think how old is he now 24 or so 24. 24 i think i think he'll come back i think I think he might have to leave city to actually get his career back on track he yeah. might have to go to a top six top seven team <laughs> back to Everton yeah, yeah. 
gosh. Right. Okay. Let, let, let's move on. Um, of course, there were two other games played um, on Super Sunday. Um, United hosted uh, Brighton at Old Trafford. Before I start, I just want to say how have the mighty fallen before <laughs> this slot, Man United will be shown live on TV mm-hmm. and they were clashing in a small, you know, Midlands derby and that took precedent over that game. Yeah. So, wow. But yeah, sorry, Butch. Of, of course. And, and, and... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true though. Don't you think yeah, though? No, you're wicked, <laughs> You're wicked. Butch, book a hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he needs it, isn't it? He really does. Goodness. No, it's true though. But anyway, yeah, let's go. So, so, of course, United got all three points mm-hmm. at home, you know. Well, well done to them, to to Oli and the boys. Yeah, it's great stuff. Good win. Um, good win. You um, have to praise him, though. I know you're always on Oli's neck, man. But this again hmm. on paper, I was thinking, hmm, can Brighton nah, do something? Nah, yeah. But yeah, They're but Man United turn mm. up to the party. And you said last point. week, uh, mid-table teams win your home games, mm. lose your away games, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> following trend. That's it. No, cool. But, yeah. yeah to be fair, mm. when I looked at the game, when I looked at the goals, I mean, again. Man United's chief attackers, Martial and Rashford, and they were pivotal in the goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw the first goal, you know, Pereira, it was a glitch of a goal. Yeah, yeah. We have to be honest. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to be in the positions to score. And again, when you look at the table, Man United, they're far off the top four race, but they're still pitching with the teams at Arsenal and stuff. Mm-hmm. So a top six finish should be on the Is cards it, yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. And when Man, I look at... Mount- mountable. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and when I look at Man United's squad, let's be honest, it's bad. And one point off of Arsenal, who have a much more superior squad to them... Isn't... Yeah, it's not... Yeah, when you, when you gauge mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. So, but that, that's my view of Man United. Yeah, it's a good win. Good three points. Um, you know, Brighton do have the potent attack to cause you some sort of problems in these kind of games. Mm-hmm. But I think... Potent attack? Do you think Brighton? Yeah, I feel like the way they've got... Um, the way Graham Potter's got the players mm. playing, I feel that they can create problems on, on the break and they play some nice football in the final third and they can they can score a goal like they scored today, in my opinion. I think mm, set piece. I think I think mm. Brighton are decent. I think they're a decent team. I think they'll be safe this season. I think they'll probably be around mid table. But um it's a good mm. win for Man United. Mm-hmm. Rashford, he seems like he's coming into form, so mm-hmm. that's gonna be important. What, six in six, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. he should he should have got seven. Yeah, yeah oh, that miss was that shocking. Yeah. But I feel um, if they can keep him fit, if they can keep Martial fit. Who got to assist mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And yeah. Daniel James is a, is a brilliant young player. I yeah. love what I see from him. So if really they can energetic. keep those three fit, I feel that they can push, you know, a top six finish maybe. Maybe seventh. And, and that's what was said before as well, that if you have Rashford and Martial fit, mm. then Man United have got a chance of doing something decent. Mm. But the problem is both of them haven't been available at the same amount of time, of which has obviously been an issue for Man United. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, let's, let's move on now to the other, uh, well, the final, third and final game that was, was played on Super Sunday. Um, Wolves hosted uh, Aston Villa at the Molyneux um, and, and, and managed to come away with all three points, winning 2-1. Um, Ruben Neves and, and Raul Jimenez, um, who, who who seems to be one, he, he he's getting the goals. Uh, Jimenez, but don't you just love he's, a local derby? I really enjoy that. There's day. always some extra mm, sort mm, of spice mm, to it, isn't it? Wolves um, have really you know pitched themselves in within that because mm. before it used to be Birmingham, Aston Villa, but obviously Birmingham are in the Championship now. Mm. So now Wolves have actually taken that place of supremacy in the Midlands, and obviously it was a keenly contested game between two sides. Mm-hmm. Obviously Wolves having played you know on Thursday. We'll think they'll have some, you know, hangover from that. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case because, you know, Nuno made some necessary changes and, you know, brought his tried and trusted players back into the fold.
fold and to get a 2-1 win against Aston Villa side that are labouring at the bottom side of the Premier League. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're in the in second, yeah, they're in trouble. They look in trouble because when I look at the core of the side, I think you're actually decent. You've got some good players, <laughs> mm. but let's not forget that man, Jack Grealish. So He's been missing. Do they the remind you of Fulham? Mm. I think they've got a bit more to them. But in saying that, they lose the lead. Like, I think after Tottenham, I think Tottenham have lost 12 points from winning positions, Aston Villa 11. Mm. But there's this flakiness and fragility to them mm, that it's not good. might... They always concede yeah. in the last mm. 10 minutes as well. Yeah. But um, Adama Traore, mm. wow. Don't you just mm. love, love <laughs> that guy? He, just, he makes football fun. He makes football yeah. fun. When I it's, watch him. it's mad because I remember you saying that, that he's more dangerous than Zahar. And now we're starting to see evidence <laughs> of that. No, it's true. When you said that before, I was thinking this guy is mad mm. or whatever. But now that decisiveness for that goal, mm. when he skinned that player, I was thinking, what are you going to do? Be mm. decisive, <laughs> do something. Mm. And he did it. So I was... I stood up on my feet yeah, and I was yeah. clapping, thinking, yeah, that's gave, development. You're developing, you're learning. Yeah, he gave the left back a, a torrid time. And I think... You can't play him. Yeah, I think he's just saying, thank you. This is why I was called up to the Spanish national team. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm at the top of my game. And I mm-hmm. feel that he can... He's just a difference maker. And I think Spain lacked that sort of player. So I'm happy to see him he's flourishing. He's a wild card. He's a box of tricks. Yeah. And... Wolves, they, they look good. They look good again. Yota and Jimenez, they're a handful... Linkart plays amazing. Um, Ruben Neves, what a strike into mm-hmm. the bottom corner. The goalkeeper was hapless. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Wolves are moving on swiftly. And I think in the Premier League, back-to-back wins are the currency. I remember Wolves started off, you know, poorly. Mm. I remember yeah, stopping yeah, the game yeah. against Watford at home. El Relegation. El Relegation. And Wolves won it. And, you know, they ended up getting the win. And now they're pitched firmly in mid-table. And, mm. you know, they're, they're doing good things under Nuno. Cool. As we so usually like to be, we're joined by some very good company, yep. a well-esteemed guest. Yep. Um, he's uh, currently a football rep- a reporter at the Daily Mail. Next year, he actually completes a decade being at the Daily Mail. So, wow. Uh, wow. so a huge milestone for him. <laughs> he's a local lad as well, um, and we've been we've been following his his work very closely. He's been doing a lot of work about. Uh, sort of BAME representation uh, within yeah. football. Um, he's, you know, he's a, a, a pillar for that within within the media. Um, and so we, we just had to have him on, on the podcast. Definitely. And so without further ado, we welcome Sammy Mockbell to the pod. Welcome, 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 welcome. How you welcome. doing, lads? You okay? <laughs> yeah, we're fine, we're fine. Great stuff. So we've got we've got a, a, a action packed itinerary. We've got loads of different things that we want to um, to discuss today. Um, I think what we want to go into next is a very, very interesting um, debate and topic. Um, And that is essentially, do uh, players make the manager or do the the managers make uh, the players? Now, a reason Mm. why this is a very, very interesting debate is because you you, you have um, loads of different uh, standpoints and and, and arguments on the topic. Mm. So some might say, you know, if a particular manager... Um, is doing well and has a star player or star players in their team, you know, the the, the accolades and the praise is given to the players for being so wonderful. Um, and, you know, if, if that manager wins uh, 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 titles with or, um, or, or cups with that team, they'll often say, oh, it's because he, mm. they had the brilliance of this person. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, some might argue then that, you know, 
the the praise should be given to the manager because he's creating the environment mm. um, and, and and the style and, and brand of football to allow that, that player to flourish. Mm. And of course, the first example that comes to mind is any manager that manages Barcelona yeah. because mm. you have mm. the anomaly in Lionel Messi, well. mm. right? Mm. But then, you know, you've got player, you've got managers like uh, Valverde, uh, Luis Enrique, Tito mm. Villanova. Mm. If they have any sort of success, they win uh, the, 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 the La Liga or they win any sort of cup. The, the first thing people are going to say is, oh, it was the brilliance of Lionel Messi. Mm. Um, and so, you know, where do we stand on this argument? Do you, do you feel that it is um, more the player that should be um, uh, recognised for, for, for their individual brilliance or the, the manager in his tactical nous and his approach maybe to man management, perhaps some things that we might not necessarily see the on the pitch, the intangibles, mm. you know, behind the scenes and that kind of stuff. Um, or is it 50-50? Well, what I do think, you guys think? I think it's a bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. Any manager will tell you that um, they're only as good as their players. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, it's up to the manager to provide that framework mm-hmm. for the players to go out there and express themselves. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned the Lionel Messi, you know, factor with Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But in the Premier League, I would look at, you know, Chris Wilder, for example. Mm-hmm. I think the framework that he sets his team up makes his players look better than what they are. Mm. So, for example, if you take out Chris Basham, O'Connell and John Egan out of that Sheffield United framework and you put them into another team, Mm -hmm. they'll probably look poorer players. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think in that question, it's a bit of both. Mm. Okay. I'd agree with that because Mm. you can only manage it. And it's the the old adage that you can only work with the tools that you've got. You can only work with the players that you've got. Now, if you are lucky enough to be a Pep Guardiola to have had Messi in his prime mm. then you know you're a lucky lucky man but you know if you are if you are a Chris Wilder you don't have that special player or you don't have millions and millions and millions of pounds to, mm. to spend in the transfer market then you have to nurture the plays that you have mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of that's the beauty of of, of management in many ways in the, in, in, in the beauty of coaching you your job as a coach is to make what you have work for your team mm. um, so you know in, in that sense in that sense that you know that the, the managers are arguably as important if not more important than than, than, than the players themselves mm. sometimes as you mentioned you know you, ha- you have a special player like Messi who is an anomaly and it, you know yeah. it's you could put him in any team and it will he will raise the he will raise the bar and raise the standard. Um but equally and even more so actually in my opinion is that you know it is the manager that sets the blueprint, that sets the tone mm. from training, from when they go in after a game on a Monday morning, he's the one who starts it all off, who sets, you know, who sets the ball rolling. So in that essence, for me, the manager should always come first when you you know when you when you when you're just when you're discussing this this topic um i think this is like a really um difficult question to answer mm-hmm. but um from what i see is that when you're a top manager you get the accolades for example jürgen klopp pep guardiola mm-hmm. whatever club they go into if they do well they're going to get all the accolades mm-hmm. where the discord comes is when you're a mid-table manager or, you know, a manager that's not proven at the top level and you go into a top club and you start winning. 
That's mm. when everyone says, oh, it's the players. Mm. For example, Valverde. Mm-hmm. He won La Liga because of the players. Mm. You get what I'm trying mm. to say? Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's harsh. I think you need to give the manager some accolades because at the end of the day, they work with these players on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And just keeping everyone happy in the camp is is a big thing in today's you know football game mm. because... Mm-hmm. One player turning on you can have a domino effect to the rest of, of the course, squad and you get a discord mm-hmm. within the whole team. So I feel that, you know, when we speak about Liverpool's last um, title charge under Brendan Rodgers, a lot of people said um, Liverpool were only in this title race because of the brilliance of Luis Suarez. Mm-hmm. And I think that was harsh because Suarez was at Liverpool before Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't pulling up much trees mm-hmm. under Kenny Dalglish's tutelage. Mm-hmm. But what Brendan did is he came in and he said listen you're my star player mm. and we're going to build a system to get the best out of you mm. and if we get the best out of you we can win this league mm. and he nearly did it of so course. i feel like you've got to give the manager accolades. and also with liverpool at that time um we had sterling we had yeah. sturridge Stur- coutinho yeah, exactly. so gerard was their, there their as well. contributions as well yeah. but i think where the criticism of brendan rogers comes is after suarez left you know there should have probably been a contingency plan but mm-hmm. when you've got a star player when you were at Liverpool at that stage of time, we knew that we were going to lose Suarez. There was murmurs before saying that he wanted to leave. So Liverpool's recruitment in replacing Suarez was poor. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's the recruitment. That's a completely different aspect of what we're talking about because mm-hmm. we were preparing mm-hmm. for Suarez to leave. But the thing is, Brendan Rodgers, that's where he's learned. He needs yeah, no, but a we're sort talking, of structure. Yeah, we were talking about that period in time. Yeah, but that's what so I'm the recruitment in coming in, mm-hmm. after that he brought in what? Barini, Ricky Lambert, mm-hmm. Balotelli, we all know that that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. But as you said, Brendan Rodgers, at his time in Leicester, that's what management is about. Mm-hmm. Learning on the job mm-hmm. and changing and making the adjustments, yeah, yeah. which Brendan Rodgers has done. I think I think Brendan Rodgers is, is the perfect example for, for, for this topic to discuss because he, he, tra- he, did, he transformed that that Liverpool team from, from the dark leash era and obviously a lot of it was on the back of Suarez and yeah, fair enough you know Suarez is a fantastic player he's gone on to Barcelona and you know he's been just as just as brilliant there but when it when it when it started to go pear-shaped a bit for Rodgers his his reputation obviously diminished mm. a little bit but then he's gone on to Celtic and he, he he's rebuilt his reputation mm-hmm. and he's got this ethos this philosophy of, of playing um, that he's stuck with and just because it, you know he had a bad season and a half maybe at Liverpool he he hasn't moved away from that and he and he's stuck to his he's stuck to his principles and, and you just have to look what he achieved at at Celtic and what he's achieving now at at Leicester uh, and it, it, it amplifies just how important having the right manager at a football club Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's looked at his he's looked at his, listen their recruitment Leicester's recruitment's been very good mm-hmm. as well don't get you know don't even get me before wrong. Rogers if, came yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. they, it, it's been fantastic but he's looked at the squad he's right right this is what we want to do this is how we're going to play and he's implemented it and he's got his players on side mm. undoubtedly given the way they've started the season um, and that 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 is a massive that is a massive skill to be able to get your point of view across and to get your your philosophy across to your players and then for them to then and then the next part is for them to to implement it on the field we only have to see 
have to look at what Unai Emery's doing at <laughs> exactly doing at Arsenal. He came with a massive reputation, <laughs> with a really big reputation. But you look at the way they're playing. What what is their philosophy? What what you know? What are they? What is their what is their style of play? We don't know. We no don't one, know. He just knows. says protagonist, protagonist. Yeah. That's all he says. But, <laughs> but nobody, no, nobody knows. Whereas you watch, you watch a Rogers team, and I heart back to Celtic, and you look back to Liverpool as well. They had a clear identity, and I think that's where I think that's where uh, a manager earn, earns their corn is having you know having the 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 guts to to. to to back up his own his own game his own philosophy and tell his players this is how we're going to do it this is how we're going to play yeah no, 100% that makes makes complete sense um, so we wanted to move on now um, to a, a bit more of a specific e- example I know we, we spoke about Messi we spoke about uh, um, Suarez at their uh, uh, respective clubs at the time Um now, what we wanted to do is essentially look at uh, three players um, who all moved for vast sums of money in the summer um, to big clubs uh, with big reputations. Um, and so naturally, there would be uh, you know a high level of expectation placed on, on each of these players um, uh, who have been touted to, to, to do big things. Um, and what we've seen, of course, you know, it is fairly early in the mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. Um, but as things stand, um, none of those three players have sort of lived up to the lofty heights and, and expectations that um, were placed on them at the start of the season. Especially, you know, once the transfer window was shut and they they made their moves, you know, everybody was thinking, oh, these guys are really, really going to, gonna, you know, hit the ground running. Um, and, and those players in question are uh, Antoine Griezmann, who's recently moved to Barcelona, Eden Hazard, who got a, a big money move to uh, Real Madrid, and Nicolas Pepe, who's mm. obviously come into Arsenal. Um, and so what I, I wanted to get you guys' uh, thoughts and views on is, do we see sort of similar um, issues affecting each of those players at their respective clubs? Or do we have to look at things in isolation and and, and perhaps there are different variables that are affecting each of them Mm. Uh, and 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 stopping them from, you know, hitting their their level the level of expectation uh, placed on them essentially. And um, this goes back to your question earlier, where you're saying, is it the manager's job to get the best out of his players, or do players make managers look better? Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is that when you have an affection to a player, you always criticize the manager if mm-hmm. they're not doing well. Mm-hmm. You will say, for example, Una Emre is misusing Pepe. Mm-hmm. He's playing him far too deep. He's not using him in the right system. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine him in a system like Liverpool's? He will flourish, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the other hand, there's players that whatever environment you throw them in, they're going to deliver. Mm-hmm. For example, you put a Van Dijk into any football team in the world and he's going to deliver. You put mm-hmm. a Bamayank into any team in the world and he's going to get you goals. Mm-hmm. So it's such a tough question to answer. But with Eden Hazard, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the Chelsea system didn't suit him, but mm-hmm. because he was so good, he can still get elite numbers. And, you know, the common theme was that if Hazard went to Real Madrid, he's going to explode and, mm-hmm. you know, have, have a 30-goal season. And I was never convinced on that. And he's got one goal, one assist this season. Mm-hmm. And if I told you in the last um, two games that Real Madrid have played, Real Madrid have scored 10 goals and Eden Hazard has had zero goal contributions. Um, 
but a lot of criticism at Zidane is that he's not using his players right, but they're doing well in the league. So it's a tough one to, to mm. actually answer. Mm-hmm. But I feel that it's the manager's job to get the best out of his players, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I don't think that Hazard has helped himself personally. I think Going Hazard, to training yeah, overweight yeah, just Hazard, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Hazard coming into Real Madrid, that was his big move. Mm-hmm. Most professionals or most players will probably go on like a pre-pre-season camp and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get myself tailor-ready. Mm-hmm. This is my big opportunity. I want to show the world what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And Hazard, for me, it shows a bit of, I won't say he's lacking mentally, but I don't think he takes football seriously enough, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think he sees it more as a game, whereas you see other players like a De Bruyne mentally mm-hmm. at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. But also when you're bearing in mind these three players that have struggled, Let's remember Griezmann going into that Barcelona team. They're like a shell of themselves after that Champions League capitulation. <laughs> you know, there's been you know there's been rumors about the manager Valverde coming mm. under pressure. And when you think of it, Griezmann wasn't their first choice. They wanted Neymar. Mm. Apparently, they were all ready for Neymar mm. to come in. And Barcelona is a political club. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's under Messi. Mm. So when an attacker comes in, they know subconsciously that, you know, Messi's the main man. I'm going to have to, you know, stay in my shell. Mm -hmm. Only Mm -hmm. the top, top players like Suarez, when he came in, he added Neymar Mm -hmm. as well. They added to that system. And in my opinion, I don't think Barcelona needed Griezmann. He wasn't the issue. I think it's a wider issue. I just don't think Griezmann is that, that good. Personally, that's my opinion. I said, Mm. you know, earlier, (laughs) on an earlier episode, I feel that there's 10 better attackers in the world than Griezmann. And the thing is about Griezmann is that I was thinking that this signing doesn't make sense unless you're going to play him up front. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see that Valverde loves to play him on that left wing where he played um, for Real Sociedad. But... Mm that kind of player is so hard to put them into a system unless the system is built for them. Like, for, we, saw, like we saw at Atletico uh, Madrid. Mm-hmm. You see with Deli Ali, he's in that wilderness now because he's that supporting striker, but no one really wants to use a supporting mm-hmm. striker anymore. Um, you see it with Thomas Muller. He's another player that's, yeah, you know, yeah. fallen off a bit. So I feel that that role is such a unique role and a lot of managers don't favour that kind of player because they play in that number 10 role, but mm-hmm. you favour a number 10 instead of them. Yeah. So yeah. Now, I think Griezmann's a top player. I don't think he's averaged 10 players, 10 attackers ahead of him. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. But again, to get the best out of him, you need to play him in a certain framework. And Valverde's not actually doing that. Framework. And they can't actually do it because obviously Messi. And <laughs> maybe for that level of team, he's not good enough to build a team around him. With mm. obviously the tools that they've got. And also Barcelona in transition as well. Let's be honest. Mm. You know, they've got Frankie Dion coming in. Mm. He started to hit form, you know, mm. before again, Valverde was playing him left of a free. Yeah. So you need to help your players. Yeah, but as surely well. you have to be adaptable. Well, what, what I was going to say about the three players you mentioned, Pepe, mm-hmm. Griezmann and, and Hazard, is I don't think it's coincidental that you put all, all of those three clubs, Arsenal, Barcelona, Real Madrid, as Desh says, was, are, are in transition, yeah. are, are going through a period where a lot of changes are being implemented. You know, Suarez looks like he's going to be leaving. You know, Messi is, is still a fantastic player, but you know, you, you have to admit that you know he's yeah. he's going to he's going to be gradually on the wane. So I'm sure Griezmann's time will come. What the worry is is for uh, is 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 probably more more so Eden Hazard because. Let's face it, and he's made no he's made no secret of it. He's been 
dying for this move to Real Madrid for sort of two or three seasons. Mm -hmm. So, as you say, when you finally get there and you finally got your dream, you should be chomping at the bit to 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 impress and to and to live your you know make your dream a reality. Yeah. That's what certainly, you know, that's certainly what I would be would, would be would, would would be doing trying to do. But it seems just at the moment and listen, it's, things things change in football don't they? they they change so quickly. But at the moment I just to me it just seems like he's just happy and he's satisfied to be at Real Madrid. Whereas really they spent all that money on him. He should want to be the main the main man at Real Madrid. And at the moment, obviously that's not that's not really material materialising. As for Pepe, unfortunately he's in a squad that is that is littered in a team and a club that's littered with with problems. You know, the the, the manager's obviously the wrong man for the job. Mm. Um and and he's in a team that as we've mentioned before, doesn't have a pattern of play, doesn't have an identity. Um, they seem to change their tactics. So, you know, against and I will touch on it later, but against Leicester yesterday, they 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 went to they played three at the back. Mm. They played, you know, they played mm. four at the back various times this season, and then you know where you know where's the consistency? Yeah, yeah. And that, you know when you're a, when you're a player at a new club in your first season, you want a little bit, or you're going to thrive if you're in a stable team, if there's some stability mm. and it, so at Arsenal, it seems to me, but definitely, you know, there, there's no stability in terms of how, of how they play. And I think that's why, that's part of the reason or one of the key reasons why, uh, Nicola Pepe is, is, is struggling to adapt. But listen, we, we, you know, we, we've watched him play what we have seen of his qualities. Uh, he's got blistering pace, you know, He's technically good, as we've seen with his free kicks. Yeah. So he's obviously got quality, uh, and I'm sure he will come good. Um, but I just fear that he is, well, at the moment, under the wrong manager to get the best to get the best out of him. So, what is the verdict? Is it fifty-fifty in terms of managers and players, or <laughs> what does the table think? I think the ma- I, 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 I think I still think you're only as good as your manager. I, I really do. On the whole, you, as we said, you know, you do have special players who will inevitably raise, you know, drag the team and win games for you. I think, you know, that, that aside from Messi, the the one player that I remember and I always remember to who, who single-handedly won football matches for their team was Steven Gerrard. Yeah. He used to win matches, for, you know, in a, in a team, particularly before the Rodgers era, that era that, you know, that didn't have Sterlings, didn't have Suarez, didn't have Sturridge's. He used to win games on his own for the club. So there are there are players who inevitably will will make the team better. But on a whole, uh, I think you're only I think a team is only as good as as, as the manager. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of both to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think it's up to the manager to cultivate the environment mm-hmm. which their players thrive on. So I'll probably edge. It's up to the managers. Yeah, yeah. I always say it's the managers. Mm. It's their, you know, responsibility to create an ambience within mm. the camp to make everyone singing from the same hymn sheet. So mm. I believe it's the manager. Cool. All right. Fair point. Now, before we um, delve into uh, yesterday's fixtures, 
Um, just a final one. Um, and this, I think, is uh, a, a very interesting topic because it's very timely. Um, I mean, this this really only happened just yesterday. Mm. Now, essentially, uh, what it is, is during the week, um, Adama Traore made the decision to commit his uh, future on an international basis to uh, Mali um, on the basis that he didn't feel he was going to get a call up from the Spain squad um, and just felt that, you know, he'd have a better chance uh, of, of representing uh, Mali. Um, and so he, he did that and we saw him pictured with the uh, with the manager and whatnot. <laughs> and, you know, it seemed like, you know, that it, it, it was a decision set in stone. Um, only to find out that just yesterday um, he he actually did get a call up from Spain and, <laughs> and decided to uh, to take a 180 degree turn and um, commit um, himself to to Spain. Um, and I guess the question I want to ask you guys is: Do you feel that do you, do you understand his decision? Do you agree with his decision? And do you feel as though he does have a future in that Spain setup? I understand his decision. First and foremost, Spain are like a glamorous nation. Mm-hmm. And when you bear it in mind of Spain being in like a World Cup or mm-hmm. a competition, they've got a chance of, you know, doing damage and reaching the latter stages and winning trophies. Mm-hmm. But obviously Mali, when you look at them as a nation, they're not as glamorous. Mm-hmm. And also as a footballer, the commercial opportunities that can come from, you know, representing Spain yeah. are very, very lucrative. Mm-hmm. Um do I see a long-term future for him in Spain? I'm not sure. The mm-hmm. way Spain like to play, you know, this tippy, tappy style yeah, of football, yeah, yeah. that doesn't really, you know, play to Dharma Traore's strengths. Mm-hmm. But not being, you know, you can also say that he can be a strength. Also, they can bring him off the bench, you know, later on in games mm-hmm. when defences are tired, he can come and cause and wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's where I think, I think that's where he'll have a future at, at, at that level. He he's, he's obviously can't be, he's not going to be a starter in that team, mm-hmm. surely given the way they play. But if they're chasing games, um, what what an asset you've got to bring, you know, his, his pace oh, and power. Yeah. Pace and power <laughs> off the bench. If you know, if you, if you are chasing a football match and you've got 20 minutes, 15 minutes to go, you know, someone of that, that Adama Traore's pace and power will, you know, could could easily be that. And, we, and we've seen it numerous times for, for Wolves. Something else. You know, particularly, you know, at, at the end of matches when defenders are, uh, are fatigued and you've got this guy running at you at, you know, 700 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's frightening. Um, what I will say about the his, the international decision and who to represent, um, I think you need to. We, I think we need to be sensitive about it and how we talk about it because it's, it's, it, it's a personal. It's a personal decision mm. at the end of the day, and it's how you. It's how you view. So, listen, I, I um, well, there was a big furore, wasn't there, with with uh, Declan Rice? Yep, yep. yep. Mm. And I, I, I remember writing about that story, covering you know having covered covered England, having you know represented the Republic of Ireland for. At under twenty one level, then and then you know, um, no, he, he even you know he played he played for them at senior level, didn't he? Declan Rice, he had a, mm. he had some friendly caps, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously he got called up. He got called up by England, and he he um, he, he he pledged his international future to to England, and he you know he's since become a an important player for Gareth Southgate. At the time, I remember he was obviously getting a lot of stick from. And a lot of abuse, you know, on social media from, um, from 
Irish fans, Ireland, mm. Ireland fans, mm. you know, and then obviously they 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 would feel that they were within their rights. They probably looked at Declan Rice as a bit of a turncoat, having having played for yeah. Ireland and mm-hmm, then then mm-hmm. moved to England. It's it's obviously a bit a bitter pill for, to swallow for the for the supporters, mm. but if and he does, I'm told, if Declan Rice, for example, does identify himself as English, then He's well within his rights to to play for the you know for the country that he of feels course. he, mm-hmm. he you know he and, and then you, and then you you should use the same we should use the same sort of blueprint for for Dama Traore. Dama Traore spent much of his life, plenty of his life in Spain. You know, he knows the Spanish culture. Pretty much grew up in you know mm-hmm. became a man in Spain. Mm. Now, you know, he may have he you know he's he, you know he may have felt. His, you know, his dream of representing Spain was never going to come to fruition, so hence the the, the Mali, the you know the, the, the you know the, the the Mali meeting the Mali manager. But when when your dream comes to you and they and they call you up, then you know who who are we to who 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 is anyone really to to criticize him for that? If 100%. he if he views himself as if he views himself as Spanish. Mm. Then fine, you know, let him, you know, leave him be and let him represent the country that he wants to that he wants to represent. I don't think we anyone should is, yeah. is up in the position to crit, to criticize what he to to, to, crit, to criticize that decision specifically. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, um, obviously, Sammy, we know that you cover, as you mentioned, England um, and a lot of the London clubs, um, and I believe that you were at the game yesterday um, at Stamford Bridge. Um, where you know where, where Chelsea were playing against um, uh, Palace and came away with all three points uh, via goals from Tammy Abraham and and, and Christian Pulisic. Mm. Um, what were your thoughts on the, on the game as mm. as a whole? Um, of course, you know, you, top sort of top line. You look at it; it's another win for uh, Lampard's boys. Mm. Um, another goal for Tammy Abraham, who, who's who's firing on all cylinders at the moment. Um, but sort of you know we're, under the microscope. Um, you know what kind of performance would you would you say that was for 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 uh, Lampard and the team? Oh, I think it was a six out of ten, six and a half out of ten performance for Chelsea, mm-hmm. which um, while not you know doesn't sound particularly great, <laughs> but they still came away mm. with three points, mm-hmm. and um, I just think you know you know when you you know in, when you are in the heat of battle in the Premier League at the top end, results matter and you know mm. they've had they've had some good performances under Frank Lampard this mm. season but yesterday wasn't one of them yet they still came away with the result Sammy mm-hmm. can I just interject I feel mm. that I'm more impressed with these type of performances from this Chelsea team I couldn't agree more Go on. I think we've seen them you know steamroll teams score five goals score four goals but I had the concern that when it's those tight games they may drop points I remember you know Liverpool in the embryonic stages under Jurgen Klopp um, where they'll have these games and you'll get a nil-nil draw you'll be frustrated they set up shop and they're you know defensively sound and you can't break them down and I was looking at the game yesterday and I was thinking hmm Palace they look stubborn here today but for them to find a way to win that game 2-0 and keep a clean sheet I feel that that's a really really impressive performance because Crystal mm. Palace are a very dangerous team Mm, definitely I mean you know when you speak about their midweek exertions 4-4 against Mm. Ajax Crystal Palace they get all of their points away from home 
and the way they set up in that low block, it was going to be a long, long job. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, we talk about, you know, creative play. That's what you're going to need to break down a low block defence. And that flick from, you know, the elder statesman in that Chelsea team, William, <laughs> to set Tammy Abraham was an exquisite finish. And Frank Lampard, he's doing a top, top job at Chelsea, you know. And, and I think they're going to get top four. I think they're doing well. And yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, they found a way yesterday. Mm. And for a young team to do that is mightily impressive mm. this season. I, I think that I think they're the real deal. I don't think this is a flash in the pan. Mm. Um, they've got, you know, in, 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 in central midfield, they've got, you know, mounts, you know. Yeah. But I tell you what, I watched Kovacic yesterday. Oh, it was... He's some player. He's yeah. some player. You know, he um, and when Jorginho wasn't even playing yesterday, so they've got real strength in midfield. And if Tammy Abraham can, can just continue this this goal this goal scoring streak, I, I think they're I think they're shooing for the top four. I really do. Mm. Fair play. And and Dej, I know you sort of uh, shone a light on on William in particular, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's interesting that we we speak about him. Because it, it almost feels as though he was mm. the successor to Eden Hazard in, in mm. sort of inheriting that mantle of of being mm. the creative hub, of, of being the, the reference point, essentially. Because he obviously got the... Uh, yeah. The assist. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a lovely, yeah. exactly. deft touch. And, and, and so, you know, since Eden Hazard's departure, do you, do you guys feel as though he's sort of, I don't know, taking his game up a level? I think... Um, and, 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 you know, is is performing now at a, a level f- that we, we we expect from him. I think the you know the the freshness mm-hmm. um, of the young players. That's what I say. Have yeah. given him a new mm-hmm. lease of life. Mm-hmm. He's thinking, hold on, like I like this team. Mm-hmm. Like these players see me as like a father figure, mm-hmm. and I love this manager, and he's playing me week in week out. Mm-hmm. So he knows that he has to play well, or else. Bye-bye, you're on the bench. Mm. Callum Hudson-Odoi is fit now. Like, eventually, mm. he's going to take his position, probably. But I think with William, we know that... I'm sure everyone will agree on this table that he has the ability. If you had to rank maybe the top eight players in the league, ability-wise, mm-hmm. you're going to put him up there. The problem with William was, can he consistently yeah. deliver? The application. And yeah, now yeah. he's applying it week in, week out. Now he looks like a top player at the moment. I mean, mm. Lampard made him captain yesterday as well, because obviously mm. Aspilicueta was on the bench and rested. And I mean, Con- um, Kante came back into the team. Mm-hmm. And usually we'll be like, wow, mm. in Golo Kante. And there was like a minimal fuss. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah, just shows yeah. the development that mm. this Chelsea side have made. I mean, I think the average age of their squad was like 24. That's yeah, the that's youngest yeah. that they've ever had in yeah. the Premier League. Yeah. And again, we're talking about managers. Lampard's created an environment as well as his staff, you know, Joe Edwards, Eddie Newton, mm-hmm. those type of guys that it makes it, you know, good for the players to um, succeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Abraham on the score sheet again, Pulisic again, both of them with the most goal contributions for Chelsea this mm-hmm. season. So they're looking on a good way. I mean, yeah. their next game against Manchester City, that's going to be the real... We're going to see where this Chelsea team is. And what I like about Lampard, I think they asked him midweek, are you looking up or down? And he said, we're looking in the mirror. And I thought that was a classy (laughs) answer because he's just focusing on the Chelsea team Mm, and trying to develop. So it was a classy answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. 
Absolutely. Right. Okay. Um, so we often um, look at spectrums and we're always saying, you know, at one end we've got this and at the other end we've got that. <laughs> um, and so that's also very fitting for, for, for the next result because, um, you know, we obviously spoke about Chelsea winning 2-0. Mm. Um, so this game, the next game we're, we're, we're going to dissect is was also a 2-0. Mm. Um, however, the team that, you know, many would expect to be you know, they're in and around the top four, um, isn't at the moment mm. uh, for a number of different reasons. Um, and, and to be fair, um, being an Arsenal fan, I can't say that I expected much mm. more than what you're, the result was. You're probably happy with a 2-0 defeat. Yeah, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. Um, I, I had it at 3-0 before. Mm. Yeah, so much so that I, I made Jamie Vardy my captain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the fantasy <laughs> <friendly. laughs> So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, uh, Leicester won 2-0 mm. uh, at home. Um, and, you know, uh, of course, we continue to sing the praises of Brendan Rodgers. Um, and, and again, on, on, on the whole uh, theme of... Of, of, of spectrums you've got Brendan Rodgers at one end and Nuna Emery at the other in mm. terms of a manager that has a clear philosophy and his players are um, you know uh, are, are taking that on board just as you mentioned uh, Sammy and Una Emery who's the start opposite mm. um, but what, what are your thoughts on the game guys? I think you have one team that are, are on an upward trajectory mm-hmm. and you've got another team that are on a downward trajectory Um <laughs> There's only so many times you can stand in the middle of the road before you eventually get run over. Mm-hmm. And I think Emery has been run over. I feel, I said it last week on the podcast, I feel that his position is now untenable. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way that he can he can resolve this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I keep saying, I keep repeating myself and I, I don't really want to repeat myself, mm-hmm. but I keep saying that Arsenal fans will be happy if they see a style of football Maybe yeah. they're not getting the results, but you see attacking football, mm-hmm. you can see, you know, the combinations, you can mm-hmm. see the um, fluid attack. But the problem with Arsenal is that in a lot of games, they have one shot on target. Mm-hmm. And when you have one shot on target, how are you meant to win football mm-hmm. matches? And they're coming early on in games, 20th minute this week, 32nd mm-hmm. minute last week. Yeah. We I didn't mean, register a, a shot after the 53rd minute yesterday. I mean, I mean when you've got the potency of attackers with Aubameyang, Lacazette, mm-hmm. Urzu in creation I mean this for me in the league is the clearest mismanagement of tools mm-hmm. I mean I said before that I'm all for giving a manager a 12 month grace period <laughs> yeah. of you know yeah, yeah, of getting course. your feet under the table mm-hmm. but with Emre things are regressing mm-hmm. and I think sometimes you just have to you know look in the mirror and say you know what this isn't working and make a change because it seems to me or there's murmurs saying that the Arsenal board are still behind Emre yeah. and there's other rumours saying that they're looking at you know Enrique Mm -hmm. but Mm. I think that before it gets worse just make the change I Mm. think you're nine points behind you know the top four Mm -hmm. race Mm -hmm. I think now's the time to pull the trigger and you know start getting Arsenal back where they belong because we said it before the season Arsenal fans were hailing it say oh this is our best ever transfer window Mm -hmm. for me top four for Arsenal this season is Mm -hmm. non-negotiable 100% you know I think if if he hasn't gone by then if if Arsenal don't make the top four this season, then Unai Emery should be and probably will be out of a job. I think it's it's pretty it, it's that set in stone. It's simple. Um, the team the team is regressing, and I think um, I think what the fans now all, all those fans that you know were, were desperate for Arsenal Wenger to 
<laughs> to go, I think they'd happily have <laughs> have 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 Wenger back now, and it just goes it just goes yeah. to underline that that you know everyone thought that those those final years under Wenger were were a travesty and a bit of a tragedy. That you know they you know in, the, the team didn't play particularly well and didn't pick up the results, but they were always there or thereabouts within touching distance of the top four. This Arsenal team now won't be anywhere near the top four, mm. because and and that is that that is a travesty given the amount of money that they've spent mm-hmm. and the players that they have at their disposal. These, you know, we, we we're talking. We look at Arsenal now as, you know, a, a team that needs sort of another squad that needs rebuilding. Does it? Doesn't need rebuild. We don't need rebuilding. Squad that needs rebuilding in the slightest. Mm-hmm. The players are fantastic, mm. and the manager isn't. Doing in, it was nowhere near doing enough to, to to get the best out of his players, and I agree. I think a change should come and does have to come sooner sooner rather than later. I just fear that they will want to give Emery time because Arsenal traditionally are not a club to to go and mm. you know willy nilly just sat their managers. Uh, I, I still think there's um semblance of of support from the board towards Emery but that surely that's that's wearing thin and what I would also say is within the squad I do I also think that they the, his authority is mm. is it, with it, amongst the squad is slowly has it been undermined dwindling mm. yeah mm. there's numerous numerous decisions just over the past few weeks the whole Granite Xhaka captaincy thing mm-hmm. he came out in, I was in the press. I was at the game. He came out in the press conference, you know, an hour later, saying what Jacka, what Jacka did was wrong. Mm. Well, if he was wrong, why is it taking you two weeks to strip him of the captaincy? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he makes the decisions. Because... And he had exactly, mm. and that's it. Mm. Why, why is it taking you two weeks? Equally, the whole the whole um, reintegrating Meza Ozil back, mm-hmm. to the back into the mm. back into the team. It's obvious. Unai Emery doesn't fancy Mesut Ozil. Rightly or wrongly, there's there's various arguments for and against. But if that's your view as a manager, that is your view. Don't reintegrate him into the team because you think it might appease people, or, <laughs> or you know, or, or, or suddenly you've changed your mind. Mm. That just portrays the and that just gives off the the wrong the wrong vibes to your mm. squad that mm-hmm. you don't really know what you're doing and you're not you haven't got the situation under control. Mm. And as a footballer, when you when you're going through a rough period as as they are there, you kind of look you look to your manager for some le- your manager for some leadership. Sorry, Unai simply isn't providing that leadership at the moment, and I think that the, the, the two decisions with Xhaka and and Ozil integrating Ozil back into the team is is uh, underlines that basically. I think just before we move on to Leicester, this is Arsenal's worst start since 1982, and. Like we say, on goal give, difference, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> on goal difference. Yeah. Yeah. We say um, we need to give the manager time, but how much time do we actually need to give the manager? I mean, he's had fifty Premier League games, and I saw um, a breakdown on Sky yesterday, which I thought I had to mention on the podcast, um, and it was just you know comparing Wenger's last fifty to Emery's um, first fifty, and. It's damning, it's damning, it's really, really damning. Mm. When I look at it, I see, you know, Emre's conceded 68 goals. Mm. Arsene Wenger conceded 64. I mean, 10 clean sheets in 50 games. Mm. How are you meant to make mm. top four? Mm. 
I mean, when I look at Arsenal as well, to be fair, they didn't start the game, you know, badly. Let's burn. Yeah, you but you, always, you, you always, always knew tell. it was a matter of time. Of course, you could mm-hmm. always tell. And I remember when I used to play, and you go up to like the Midlands and Birmingham, they say, oh, you, you guys are Southern softies. <laughs> and that's exactly what I see in this Arsenal mm-hmm. team. There's no underbelly. Once you put the heat on them, they're going to crack. Mm-hmm. Holding... At times during the game, you thought it was Franco Baresi trying to dribble out. <laughs> I mean, it was a mess of a game. It was a mess. And to be honest, Emre's time's up. But as you said, we need to move on to Leicester because, again, we saw two different pointing cases. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, juxtapositions. Mm-hmm. One team, clear identity. They know mm-hmm. the ma- manager's philosophies and they're going to carry that out to their full potential. Mm-hmm. And another team that it's a mishmash of a philosophy. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're doing. And that culminated and ultimately Leicester got the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Leicester are, uh, you know, as Dash says, are uh, a team who who are the the image of their of their manager. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, the absolute image of their manager. They are bought into what R- Rogers is, you know, as as instilled into them. Um, but, eat, but but more importantly, they've got, they've got some fantastic players, yeah. really good players across. You know the pitch. Vardy is, oh, Vardy. You know, you know, mm. you know. Is the the longer the, the longer this goes on, I just I don't think um, Southgate can ignore it. I know mm-hmm. that there must be a conversation. Did Vardy say that he doesn't want to play yeah, for the national sure, team? He can't be playing like this and not want they, to have they, him back. What, what my understanding was is mm. they they had after the World Cup. They both had a they both had a listen. I think for any striker in the England setup that who isn't Harry Kane, it's difficult mm-hmm. because I think Tammy Abraham will find that that scenario in the coming sort of months mm-hmm. and years. You're not going to play. You're only going to come off the bench because Harry Kane is a number. You know, is the first class is a, is the first choice striker. I think I thought that was a I think that was a, a bone of contention and frustration mm. naturally for for, for Jamie Vardy. And then, you know, for someone who is now, I think he's, how is he, 31, 32? 32, I believe, mm, yeah. Yeah. To 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 be going into the, you know, every international break, sort of put travelling, going to here, there and mm. everywhere, when you're that age and you're not going to be playing in the games, you know, I think they've taken a decision where maybe it's, you know, it's the, it's in my best interest mm. so I can rest my body for that, for those yeah. two weeks, yeah, which yeah. is fair enough. Mm. But then equally, you know, he's, he's scoring, he's playing so well and scoring so many goals that Southgate must look at that and think, well, I could do I a could bit do, of yeah. that off the bench. Yeah. 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 I yeah. remember like when Brendan got hired, I came onto this platform and I said, Brendan will be successful if he doesn't talk himself into problems. I remember at Liverpool <laughs> press conference, why, why are you saying that? And I think that experience at Celtic has, you know, allowed allowed them to find themselves mm-hmm. in terms of how to address the media properly, um, you know, how to work with players, you know, and manage relationships. And we see that on the pitch. I think the two goals yesterday are just indicative to the, to the style of play that he wants to play. And mm-hmm. I mean, Ricardo Pereira, he's unbelievably good. I mean... Mm-hmm. Anytime he gets into the final third, he makes the right decision. And I was watching him closely. Him and Tillemans are the two players that I'm really looking at this mm-hmm. season really closely because I want to see if they're just very good players or if they have the potential to be elite players and play mm-hmm. for the best clubs in Europe. And from what I'm seeing right now is that these are two players that can possibly play for, for any team in mm-hmm. the world right mm-hmm. now. I mean, Tillemans, he's way off pass. Yeah. He's, 
it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's that unreal. first goal, I mean, we saw at Crystal Palace last week as well. You know, perfect football, precise football, oh. perfect patterns of play. <laughs> and the thing with this Leicester project is, I think it's not a flash in the pan. I think it's got some structure and mm-hmm. foundations behind it that if one of these players go, I think they can replace them and go from strength to strength. We've seen that with Harry Maguire, obviously him leaving, mm-hmm. Sonia Chu, people are trying to say, you know, he might be better than <laughs> Harry Maguire. I'm not yeah, trying to yeah, start yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can see that yeah. Leicester's structure, the owners are ready to back Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers and if they get high enough bid, they'll consider it and think, mm, you know what, mm-hmm. could we do something mm-hmm. useful with the money? Okay, if we can, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, Leicester are here to stay. Whether they make top four, that's a different question, but I think their destiny will probably be in the hands of the other teams. Mm-hmm. So if the other teams, like a Tottenham, because I still think Tottenham have got some life in them. Oh, if man, they can man. string four or five wins together, then maybe they can catch them. But mm-hmm. as of now, yeah, you have to say they're in it. And yeah, mm-hmm. you, you talk about Leicester because... You know, I highlight John Rudkin, the terrific recruitment that he's done over mm-hmm. the past two or three years at the club. And I feel um, with Leicester, personally, I feel they'll finish third. I've nailed my colours to the mask mm-hmm. um, previously. And I just feel that, that my problem was like, I thought they would struggle to score goals. And I think Rodgers has just created such a free-flowing attack that they can just penetrate. And the impressive thing yesterday is that they didn't panic. Nil nil at half time, they didn't get restless, they didn't start, you know, going away from their principles. They're mm. stuck to it and they knew eventually they'll break so down what, this if Arsenal Vardy, team. If Vardy and Madison get injured, what? Don't yeah, you but you, makes... you can say that about any team. I can say if Mane and Salah get injured for Liverpool, mm. are we going to struggle? Of course you're going to struggle. Mm. But the yeah. positive is they're playing once a week. That's mm. the key so thing. So it's not it? likely that they're going to lose a lot of players at the I same just time. Think, yeah, I just think rest. if you take Vardy out of that equation, they're going to struggle big time. Mm. Jose Perez is like decent. But I don't think he's to that level mm-hmm. and he hasn't got the tools that Vardy has that blistering pace in mm-hmm. behind. So that's another attribute that they'll be lacking in that they rely on in this Leicester team. Fair point. Now, obviously, Dot said he he, he nails his colours to the mast and says that Leicester are going to finish third. And you mentioned that, you know, it's it's still fairly tight and, and any team who goes on a bit of a run mm-hmm. and can string together a, a, a few, you know, good results could could be in and around that as well. And you 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 touched on um and on 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 Tottenham. Now obviously um uh, Poch is under some uh, uh pressure at the moment. Um they they haven't been playing particularly well and have have struggled for form. Um and and, and I feel like Tottenham are, are similar to Arsenal in that there are loads of uh like multiple different issues and problems in and around that squad which ultimately are culminating in in, in the performances that they're putting out on 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 the field and and yesterday they um they were playing at home to to Sheffield um United and obviously we you know we've spoken about uh Sheffield you know making <laughs> their home a fortress <laughs> yeah um, over the past couple of weeks, but they were on their travels yesterday. Away from home is a and, fortress. And, 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 well. and, and away from them. home, they, they still managed to, beaten. yeah, they still managed to, to take a, a point away um, uh, uh, playing against against Spurs. Um, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that on that game, guys. What were your your your, your, your general well, feedback? I think with Tottenham, we know that they are that well, they came off a you know a long trip to Belgrade, which mm-hmm. which which I was on, and I think those. Listen, they're adept to to, to to playing every three days. Tottenham mm-hmm. have done that over the past, you know, four or five seasons, even in prior to Champions League in, in mm-hmm. the Europa League. But it was always going to be there's always there's always a difficulty in, in in making those trips and then coming back and then trying to rouse yourself again. Yeah. 
Um, and interestingly, what I found interesting, he, he pretty much he changed the fullback yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. But then he kept he kept the same team. He didn't make too many changes. Mm. Um, I just think he's he, he's at the moment he's Pochettino is trying to stumble across <laughs> yeah. the right solution. Yeah. Mm. Every but everything everything he tries just doesn't really work. You mm. think you know. He, he thinks he's found it. Mm. They got a good win, a good win against Red Star. Yeah. I think right, let's let's stick with this nucleus. That's, we can change the fullbacks. Let's just let's stick with what we've got. Struggled again yesterday. Mm-hmm. So every everywhere we go, he thinks he's found something. He found, thinks he's found a solution. I look for it to be a bit another full storm. Um, I think I still think with Harry Kane in the team, they've got a chance of making the top four, but. I just think there's too many issues there, and they're not. They're not at the moment. They're not playing well enough. And the big key is Christian Eriksen, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They've relied on him um, heavily. You know, he's made them tick over the past two seasons, three seasons. His heart obviously isn't in it because he's, you know, he's he, he's going to leave in six months. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what? I'm not saying that he's jacked it in, but. I think it's only natural. And there was footage. There was footage on social media last week of there was pretty much a fifty-fifty ball with Ericsson. I can't against. I don't know who it was against. It was a fifty-fifty ball, and he ducked out of it. He jumped over it, mm. and it might be you know that that that, that might be too, that might be too simple uh, an example. <laughs> but when you look, when you do lose that. It's f- that five percent mm. of your game. Mm. That's what sets you apart. And you know when you when you don't feel like you're you know you're going to have a long term future at this football club that Ericsson obviously doesn't, then you've kind of lost you've you've lost the heartbeat. That, that mm. Tottenham have lost the heartbeat of their team there. And that's been I think that's been one of the that's been the, the, in my opinion the key reason why they they struggle so much. Sheffield United though. <laughs> go from strength to strength don't concede goals don't score many goals granted but you know the way that they've uh, Chris Wilder's got them set up there is 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 fantastic and they're you know they're really hard to beat Chris Wilder for me should be and if they stay in the league should be a contender for manager of the season <laughs> that's what I mm-hmm. said a few weeks ago as mm-hmm. well but yeah just to analyse the game as well Tottenham you know coming away from you know Belgrade against Sheffield United at mm-hmm. home. That was never going to be an easy game. I predicted a draw before the game as well, to be honest, because mm-hmm. Sheffield United, when you play against them, you have to work for everything. Mm-hmm. They're not going to hand you any freebies. I know mm-hmm. their goal that they conceded was, you know, a poor bit of <laughs> defensive. Yeah. yeah, it was a freebie, yeah. But <laughs> again, yeah, yeah. Tottenham, there's a lot of problems. I just think this season for Poch is about, you know, trying to integrate the new signings, Sessignons, Le Celso, and just trying to build, you know, some positive mentality for ahead of next season Mm -hmm. because when you look at it this is a team that's just grown old together there's too much uncertainty around the pitch when you think about all the world is he signing a new deal Mm. you know Harry Kane people are saying he's a bit off form he's been scoring goals but he doesn't look the same old Harry Mm -hmm. Kane Mm -hmm. when you look at Deli Ali, you know he's coming in and out of form the last Mm. game against Everton he scored a decent goal so I think Tottenham that game though he was poor Mm. yeah I know but it was decisive he scored a goal Mm. when he needed but yeah, I think Poch, he's the right man to rebuild the job. Mm. But when you speak to Tottenham fans, none of them really say, you know what, Poch has to go. It's more mm. opposition fans saying, oh, what's happening with Tottenham? Right. But I think there's mm. some understanding within Tottenham that, you know what, he's been there for, what, five, six years. And it's natural. 
that there's going to be this down period. Mm-hmm. But he's the man that can, I reckon, can make them challenge in the future as well. Mm. I think uh, Pochettino's hit a stumbling block and he can't recover. I've I've maintained that stance. So what's the solution? You think yeah. it's either <laughs> a lot of money yeah. or you just need a new voice. I'm not saying that Pochettino is a bad manager. I think he's a tier one manager. I've always maintained that. Mm-hmm. I think he's right up there with the top managers in the world. But like that was like the easiest game to predict. And when it starts becoming predictable, that's when you know like a manager needs to be under scrutiny. I knew that game was going to be 1-1. I predicted 1-1 on my score sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Pochettino after the game came, came out and said, I need time. This isn't a quick fix. So I, I think... think, I think as you said internally, a lot of the Tottenham faithful say, like, they love Pochettino, they don't want him to leave. But that's because they're talking from an emotional standpoint. And I think, like, the consumer from the outside can give you a better perspective. So when a lot of neutrals are saying there's a problem or Pochettino's taking this team as far as they can, um, I feel that that needs to be taken into consideration because mm. I don't see this Tottenham team getting better than, you know, what they've done last season. I don't see them winning a Premier League. Mm, I don't I've, see them contending for a Champions League again. I always so where, say possi- it, where can they I go? Always, I always say that there's a fascination in this generation. Oh, it's not going well. Change it. <laughs> but again, Pochettino, like, let's not be short-sighted. What this guy's yeah, done then, for I'm the not, club, I'm not saying he's that transformed them. I'm not saying they should sack him. Yeah, I'm saying, saying that... He deserves to go to better now. He's done everything he can at that mm. club. You're not going to do anything else. Now it's time for a new manager to come and evolve again. That's just no, how, but why, that's can't, why can't Pochettino do how, that? How many times do managers get the chance to do that? Yeah, tell me I the think last he manager. Deserves, he deserves me. the opportunity to be handed a fat wad of cash and say, go into the transfer window and sign the players you want. Whether that would be enough to challenge Manchester City and Liverpool in the near future is another question. (laughs) But I think he deserves to be the man to rebuild this Tottenham side. Of course he does, but you say that. Pep Guardiola, the minute he saw his Barcelona team diminishing, he was out of there. Jurgen Mm. Klopp, he had that terrible season at Dortmund. He was out of there. Mm. How many managers actually rebuild the team? Unless you're Fergie or Wenger, it doesn't really happen. Yeah, but he deserves the opportunity and I, and I stand by that. I don't mm. think he should be leaving this season. I think he deserves another window or two to try and get, you know, his house in order. Mm. Obviously, they are struggling. We know that they might not make top four this season, but mm. I don't think that's the end of the world. Mm. When you have a period of success, there's always going to be a down period. Mm. So it's time to look in the mirror, take restock and make the necessary changes. And Pochettino can do that. I mm. think just the last note on that game, I think Sheffield United have taken to the Premier League like a duck to water. Mm. I think Chris Wilder is doing a terrific job. And the, the thing that impresses me most about Sheffield United is their work off the ball. Mm-hmm. Like they just make the game nasty for you to play in. <laughs> like that's no disrespect. They just make it an ugly game. So mm-hmm. like the half spaces, they cover all the passing lanes. I remember against Liverpool, they locked off every single passing lane. Like Liverpool, the only pass Liverpool can make was off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Was, I agree was, with that. Was, but also that's a discredit because in possession as well, Wilder's style of play, the inverted, you know, mm-hmm. centre backs, mm-hmm. they run across the pitch, they get involved in play. So yeah. Chris but, Wilder, he's doing a fantastic job. And as I said, last season, I watched this team in the championship. I mean, mm-hmm. they're so well drilled. Well drilled, should yeah, I say? Yeah. The three centre backs, Egan, O'Connell, Basham, mm-hmm. they're a very, very tight unit. Yeah. And you have to like break them down. You have to earn your corn mm-hmm. against them. So I, I see them staying mm-hmm. up. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're obviously talking about, uh, um, now and have been speaking about uh, Chris Wilder for, for some time um, and, and a great job that he's done. And of course, in, 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 in seasons past, another manager that has been notorious for setting up his team very well and, and, and making a very nasty affair whenever you, you play against them, particularly at their home ground, is Sean Dyche, um, you know, and, and, and um, you know, his, his, his team, uh, Burnley. And obviously they hosted... Um, West Ham yesterday at Turf Moor um, and, and managed to come away with all three points scoring three goals um, with the help yeah <laughs> with the help I mean yeah, Roberto yeah. the worst goal <laughs> yeah. in Premier League history I mean yeah. you're yeah. better off having Kyle Walker in goal I mean we saw that midweek Roberto yeah, yeah. ever since I've seen him he just, he's like a he's a spectacle mm. when you're, you're watching him thinking what's going to happen next mm. he punches when he's supposed to catch it yeah yeah I mean we've seen you know there's no surprise that West Ham's poor form has coincided with, you know, Fabianski being out. Mm. I mean, yeah, he, he's a poor keeper. <laughs> so what, yeah, I mean, generally on, on, on the game, did you guys have uh, sort of any, any, any other thoughts um, on, on, on the performance? I mean, again, uh, Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood, those, those two seem mm. like they, they can't stop the scoring. Most, most underrated pairing in yeah. the Premier League. I mm. think they get a, you know a bad label people say they're just long ball merchants but when you look at them they're actually very technically sound mm. um and we've seen an adaption with um sean Dutch's burnley i think if you looked at them three years ago they were a long ball team all yeah, the time but yeah. now they actually try and play mm. and i've noticed that they've made a few mistakes this season i mean against liverpool, liverpool mm. and i think chelsea, chelsea yeah. you saw them trying to play out from the back and it, mm. and it didn't end well but you know, you know what you're getting from Burnley. Yeah, they're going to be yeah, yeah. very good at Turf Moor. They're going to get results and they're going to be in mid-table. I was just going to say, this is, this is to West Ham. I, I think this is starting to hear murmurs now about Pellegrini mm. being under pressure. Because um, he has been backed. That, yeah, in, in, absolutely. In, in, I think, you know, mm. a friend of the Beautiful Game podcast, Darren Lewis wrote something. <laughs> yeah. in, uh, and, you know, Darren is, is, is spot on always spot on with his with his information at West Ham so I think it's very telling that he wrote that um, Pellegrini is under you know is under scrutiny now mm-hmm. um, rightly so in my opinion because he you know he has been backed um, and they, they had a, they had a good a decent start to the season didn't they um, but I, I just think that in terms of their midfield uh, as good as Mark Noble is and I, I don't mean to discredit mm. Mark Noble mm-hmm. But how? Why is Martin Noble still so important to that? Yeah, to that mm. to that midfield. Where's the Where's the evolution there? Yeah, like, I can see Declan Rice. Okay, Declan Rice is going to be the future. Well, he'll probably leave within the space of two years. But you know where? You know they brought in Wilshire, and Wilshire was supposed to be the guy. Mm. But you know his injury problems are just <laughs> you know yeah. just continue. It's continued, and it's you know it's it, it's. I think he's out. You know he's he's not playing as regularly as he, as, he, as he'd like. Mm. Um, and I think I just think it's worrying times. I just think it's gone for some reason. It's gone. They, they, they've gone a bit stale. Mm. The, the, the signings haven't worked. Four nails is hmm. fantastic in Spain, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Know, for the, for the twenty ones. I remember watching him for the twenty ones. Yeah. Unreal, man. man. This, this yeah, guy is going to be a, some player. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he's, he, it's he hasn't adapted to, to life in England and. It's worrying for West Ham. I, mm. I, I worry. I worry for not not in terms of relegation, but I just think they've invested and the owners have invested so much money. Uh, 
uh, they're giving so much money to Pellegrini that they 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 want to going to reap some benefits and some rewards, and it's not it's not coming at the moment. No, yeah, abs- absolutely. Now, um, last week, uh, Dot went on record and said that he feels that um, a certain manager has saved his job for another week. I think um, <laughs> certainly after the result yesterday, he 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 would have saved his job for an, another week. another week <laughs> because Everton went on their travels um, to St Mary's and and beat uh, Southampton two one. Um, so general thoughts on on the game, guys. I think the bigger question is: Has Ralph Hudson Huttle <laughs> lost his job? Mm. Um, I mean, Southampton were were shocking. I only caught the highlights, but. I mean four shots on tar- I mean four shots on goal mm-hmm. in your home ground at the St Mary's under you know an Everton team that are low in confidence. Mm-hmm. I think you know you're, from when you're pinning your hopes on a 21 year old kid that's come from Belgium um Gineppo, to mm-hmm. to to try and bail you out of problems. I feel that's it's not right. Mm-hmm. And and the problem with Southampton is it's the recruitment. We we have to be honest. Mm. The recruitment has been poor. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many times you can sell your best players and replace them with players that are not as good as them before it eventually comes crumbling down. And that's what we're seeing with this Southampton team. And I'm really, really worried about them. I mean, what we tend to forget is the last time they played at St. Mary's, you know, they got hammered 9-0. The scar so, tissue? Yeah, so, yeah, coming back. <laughs> it's still, still going to be scar tissue. And when you look at their signing, Shea Adams from Birmingham, he hasn't delivered. He hasn't scored for them. Mm-hmm. Danzo, he's been in and out. Gineppo, he's been know, injured. He's been mm-hmm. injured. But when he's played, he's looked a threat. Even yeah. yesterday, he was causing them havoc, winning free kicks. Wait, but- so did another case in point. Do you feel that like if Southampton get their best eleven on the pitch, you can you will see some sort of difference? Or you just think they're doomed? I think you'll see a difference for sure. But um, their left hand side defensively seems mm. to be an issue. Um, for the second goal of Everton, you saw Sidibe marauding mm, forward. It was vacant. <laughs> then, you know, um, Richarlison, you know, converted it. But I just think Southampton, they're, they're treading very dangerously. When we look at their last few managers, you know, I think Pochettino, was it Pochettino? Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, Mark Hughes. Hughes. Mm-hmm. So they've been always, <laughs> you know, they're in danger of going down. And mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if they go down. But it's a shame because I think Hassan Hattel is a good manager that's been let down, mm-hmm. you know, by his board. I think what well, Hassan Hattel, the his name escapes me now, but he lost his number two, his assistant manager oh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to to Bayern Munich in the yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. And by uh, by all accounts, from what I've heard, that's been a massive blow because um, he Hassan Hoot was quite a tough character. I'm told with mm-hmm. with the players, mm-hmm. uh, whereas it, whereas the number two was a bit more of the of the good cop. Oh, and I think right. you, you kind of need that balance, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I just, I, I, and I, and by all accounts as well, the his the his his coaching sessions, the guy that left for Bayern Munich were were were, were, were top draw and a thoroughly and the, and the players thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think on a day to day basis, when you're enjoying the sessions, yeah, it, it that translates on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think that's mm-hmm. been a big blow for them. Their number two, his assistant manager leaving. Just final point on on this one. We were actually speaking to someone that works in in um, for Dortmund, and he was saying that Hassan Hüttel, he's actually a very good manager. Um, he hasn't got the right setup at Southampton to flourish, um, but he feels that like you know, even if he does leave Southampton, he will go on to bigger and better because he really is a good manager. Cool. Um, and so, sort of moving on now, 
um, Steve Bruce's uh, Newcastle hosted Bournemouth uh, at home um, at St. James's um, and they, they came away with, with all three points, uh, a 2-1 uh, win. And it seems like they're going on a bit of a, a, a run themselves. Yeah, we, we get into this sort of, I can't find the word, but some robotic mentality where we feel, yeah, this manager's a dinosaur mm-hmm. um, and you write him off before he even enters the door. Mm-hmm. And I've come onto this platform many times and I've told Dej that, Dej, let's give Steve Bruce a chance. Mm-hmm. Because to be fair, he's not as bad as what everyone says. Mm-hmm. No, my point was that he's a fringe Premier League <laughs> championship manager. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's wrong. I think that's the correct thing to say. But mm-hmm. to be honest, how we started his career at Newcastle, you have to give him credit. Because when he came in, he came into the furore of noises. Mm-hmm. The fans didn't want mm-hmm. him in. They're already saying Steve Bruce out. But... To be fair, he's quietened that down. Mm. I remember, I think early in the season, they lost to like Norwich. And I think he ordered in the players to come into training the next day. And we're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, these are the red flags. Mm. Something might happen. And even yesterday, they went a goal behind through, you know, well-worked routine Mm. from Harry Wilson. And he just slotted it in. I think that's his fourth goal of the season. And after that, you're thinking, wow, Bournemouth are in the ascendancy. This could get two, three. I think Mm. Ryan Fraser had a good Mm. chance. But Newcastle, they showed powers of recovery. I mean, Maximum, <laughs> that player, mm. he's a box of tricks. You mm. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what he's going to do yeah, next. Yeah. Even for the goal, he had a shot. Yeah. It was going wide. And mm. Again, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win a raffle. Mm. Then from a set, <laughs> can, you know, a can set I piece you, of... Can, can I ask you guys something? Yeah. Is Amaron actually going to score a goal? He got so close, but Maximum, you know, <laughs> took it off him. Yeah, blocked it. So I think Newcastle are doing well for, you know, where they where we thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And they might stay up, to be fair. They might mm. stay up. You got to credit. You got to credit Steve Bruce because he, he he went into an absolute cauldron, didn't he? No mm. one wanted him there. The fans were boycotting <laughs> St James's Park. You know, some of the press corps had, had turned against him before. You know, a, a game had had even been played. Mm-hmm. But he's as Dej says, he has he has kind of brought some stability to the season. Mm. But the problem he will find is if if they do lose a game mm. or a couple of games on the spin, it's going to be Right, they're going to be right on his case again, mm. and like, it's just how you know how often can you put mm. out these fires? Mm. <laughs> yeah, like a pressure cooker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how often can you you know when you need a result can you get it? Mm. If you if you don't need if you do need a result and then you don't get it, then the fans are going to be calling for your head. Mm. So it's difficult. Yeah, no, a fair play. Now. Um, it, it seems that this this club in particular, their, their fortunes have, have, have taken a turn for the worse after what we would have said is probably the 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 the, the, big, the biggest uh, most of shock win uh, of of the season. You know That's when they when they, beat, be when, they, when they beat City, mm. um, and, and since then Norwich have failed to sort of kick on and and string together you know some performances and, and results that that would help them in their bid to stay up uh, this season. Um, and, and again, you know, they, they were at home yesterday at Carrow Road um, and lost 2-0 to Watford. Um, so, of course, you know, not, not a great result for them, but a good result for, for a, a, another under-fire manager at, at Watford. Uh, yeah, um, who's I think Sammy at, wrote on this, at, right? Yeah, about mm-hmm. um, Sanchez, Flores. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. there's, there's a little bit of um, uh, unrest, shall we say, mm-hmm. um, behind the scenes there um, potentially rightly so because he's not started particularly well <laughs> yeah um, but it, you know Watford 
it's organised chaos, isn't it? And it always has been. And it always has been. But it's, it's worked for them. Mm. They're still in the yeah. Premier League. I think this might be the season where they where they, they crumble and they do go down. Really? Mm. Yeah, wow. I do. Wow. I do, yeah. Um, I just don't think that behind the scenes it's a necessarily happy camp. Mm. The big boost that they've got to have now is obviously Deeney's fit now. Mm. Uh, he's a leader. He's a goal scorer and they need him to have any chance of, I think, of, of, of staying up. That was obviously a big result for them against Norwich on Friday night. First win of the Premier League win of the season. Um... As for Norwich, I think, you know, they play nice stuff, but I think teams have worked them out now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut off the side, supply line to Pukki, then you're going to, you're probably going to, you know, have a decent chance of winning the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the goals are dried up there. Um, they're struggling big time. I think they, they, they are, they are shearing to go down. Do you think they're going to be the team that like get cut adrift? There's always one that, you know. I, 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 I think, I think it will be, yeah. I think, you know, mm-hmm. that, that bounce that they had at the start of the season hasn't, hasn't kicked on and they're not like a they're not like a Sheffield United who would always be there or thereabouts in terms of the game that you know you you, you, you can't mm. see Sheffield United getting smashed 5-0 can you no. whereas you do see Norwich can yeah. you know have got that that capability in them of just plummeting mm. um, and I, I, no, I, I fear for Norwich I really yeah. do it, it, make, it makes me sad because um I like Norwich. I listened to the, um, you know, their sporting director, um, Stuart Weber, and he was talking about, you know, the the culture he's trying to create at Norwich, and they're trying to build something for the future. And he seems so behind Daniel Fogg. Um, and it's just sad if they just go out with a whimper, you know, because, you know, they're, they're going to be remembered for that Man City victory, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just makes me sad. I hope you know, Pukki can start firing again and they can pick up a few results because I think mm. it's a confidence thing. They've lost their confidence. Mm. Cantwell looks like a shadow of his former self. Mm. Um, so I feel that if they do get a positive result, I feel that maybe they may be able to kick on, but I, I think they're doomed personally. Mm. In the my way opinion. they play, it's confidence football. Yeah. You need to be yeah. feeling confident yeah, to yeah, play yeah, that style yeah. of football. And we saw it um, on Friday with the goal, Bundeya mm. getting caught in possession, De La Fea running through and scoring. Mm. And that's been the theme of their season mm-hmm. so far when they've lost games, give possession away, bang on the counter, you're in trouble. I've noticed they're, they're poor at keeping the ball in their own half. Mm. <laughs> they tend to lose it a lot where they're good is in the other half in the final third mm. but yeah it makes me sad yeah mm. but you know a side note on Watford I think this might kickstart their season mm-hmm. you know as um, Sammy said Troy Deeney you know back in the fold Yeah, he's a very we've met him we've spoken to him and he's one of those characters that you need in a dressing room he can get into your head he's a leader he can you know speak you around and control a dressing room and I think his return is very very welcome Mm. You know, a, a quick question I want to ask you guys is: let's 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 assume that um, Norwich do go down. Ah, this is too tough for it. I know what you're going to do. Which of those players in that squad do you think get a Premier League move? Cantwell. Cantwell. He's the only one. Todd Cantwell. Boo and Dia, hundred percent. Max mm. Aaron's for me. Mm. Yeah. Ben Godfrey. Mm. Ben Godfrey's mm. another one. Mm-hmm. Right, be and I think Tim Krul is like a backup keeper at a Prem yeah. club, yeah. maybe a number two. Yeah, of course, of course. Fair point. Okay, let's move on now. Um, and we're going to have our um, unpopular opinion segment. So Dot last week, it was his turn and he was speaking about um, the successor to Unai Emery. 
So if, if just just as a re yeah. a, a recap, um, Dot mentioned that he felt that if Unai Emery was to get the sack, that Eddie Howe should be in contention for the for the, for the job, top, top of the list. Yeah, mm. should be top of the list. Um, now this week, uh, Dej is going to take it away. So Dej, please let us know what is your unpopular opinion this week. My unpopular opinion is that Jamie Vardy is world class. <laughs> yeah. is that unpopular I don't know I think Jamie Vardy mm-hmm. when you look at his goal return in the Premier League I think he's already cemented himself as a Premier League legend mm-hmm. and over the course of three four years you know especially that title run campaign with what he you know projected Leicester to do mm-hmm. and this season as well I just think yeah he's world class and what also makes him world class for me is how he's had to adapt his game mm-hmm. for that title run campaign it was just Jamie Vardy into the channels but this season, we're seeing a much more, I would say, efficient with his energy. Mm-hmm. And he's taken to, you know, Brendan Rodgers' new system like a duck to water. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, the definition of world class is a player that doesn't look out of place in a world squad. And I think you would take him off the bench in any world squad, in my opinion. So, when you say world class, do you think he's a tier one player? Where do you stand? Is he in the category of Aguero? Um, Harry Kane or do you even feel he's better than Harry Kane um, Obama Yang I would say Obama Yang I would say this might be controversial I think he is better than Obama Yang mm-hmm. I think there's not one thing maybe that Obama Yang can do that Jamie Vardy can't do is mm-hmm. Obama Yang a better finisher Whew. Well, you said you said he's a tier one finisher, didn't you? Aubameyang? Yeah, Aubameyang's a tier one finisher. Mm. So are they? Sorry, sorry, Sammy. Are they both tier one players, Aubameyang and um, Jamie Vardy, or where do you stand on that? I think maybe Aubameyang might have the edge on finishing. Do you think? Yes, but I think Vardy in all the other departments is marginally better than Aubameyang, in my opinion. Well, I was going to say, don't forget, that's, don't forget that Arsenal went for Vardy before they yeah. went for Aubameyang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which obviously. Sort of says quite a lot. Yeah, that's uh, a lot. That's what another I like. case in point. Yeah. What I love about Vardy, what yeah. I love is, 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 is his mentality. Oh, yeah. Given yeah, yeah. given what's happened, you know, with his wife uh, <laughs> yeah. on social media, I love, I love he Vardy. gets so much stick now. He yeah, gets yeah. so much he loves stick it. from opposing he loves fans. That's a real I love But that's a non-league. They don't care. They don't care. I was at Palace. Leicester last week and they he was getting you know untold amount of stuff. Your wife is in front of the fans. He's like he don't care. And that's what I love about about Jamie Vardy. He yeah. isn't um he isn't polished, is he? No, he's he's no, still a yeah. rawness yeah, about him. Yeah, he's yeah. still a rawness about him. I think but, but people can relate to that. Yes. I think when you when you when you stick someone in front of a camera so and it's so mm. and it's so polished and mm. you're like oh you're boring me yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, when you're someone yeah. like that who's, he's the boy next door yeah, yeah, yeah someone yeah. like that who's just raw mm. and he says what he thinks yeah you know you might get him into trouble but so he loves it <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And so, that's what I like about Jamie Vardy so is Jamie is Vardy world class what do you guys I think? don't think he's dual class but I think mm. he's just below that bracket I think he's an excellent player yeah yeah Fair point. No, I, I think it's just like what what Dot said. I think yeah. it is the non-league. You know, yeah. you're coming up in those leagues. You know, it's it's just it's rough. Guy. It's yeah, rugged. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. you know, you're gonna your, your fans. The fans are on top of you. They're so close <laughs> to the pitch. Yeah. So yeah, but I I definitely love that that, that about him as well. That that mentality. Uh, mentality. Um, okay, moving on now. Um, prospect of the week. 
So just a, a reminder to all of uh, the listeners, the prospect of the week is not a good thing. It is a seasoned pro who's been playing uh, at the top level for uh, a certain amount of seasons, yet still the performance um, at the weekend was as though they were on the big stage for the very first time, you know, under the lights, you know, maybe they went a bit blind. Um, Baggy uh, passes, uh, baggy touches, um, rash challenges, or uh, a manager who just got his tactics completely wrong. Um, you know, uh, uh, please let us know um, what your what your thoughts are on on the prospects of the week. And as always, we're going to make sure we um, put it out to everybody on social media to get your thoughts and your views as well on who you feel is is the prospect of the week. Um, but but yeah, let, let us know who wants to go first. Yeah, I'm going to take mine to um, events at Turf Moor, mm-hmm. where you know Burnley played against West Ham mm-hmm. and they won three 0 and the person in question is the West Ham goalkeeper mm-hmm. who was playing as if he won a competition to play. <laughs> you know, it's very theatrical. I mean, yeah, he, remember that five side tournament that we went to? He was playing like me in goal. <laughs> he was a joke. I mean, I've kept my eye on him for the past few weeks and, and particularly the um, game last week against Newcastle. I remember John Joe Shelby's free kick. You know, he could have saved it. It was very mm, dodgy yeah, yeah. and even before then I think against Bournemouth when he came on he just looked pantomime <laughs> so for that reason Roberto you're my prospect of the week um, I'm going to leave the Premier League if that's okay Butch yeah yeah sure um, I'm going to go over to Germany um, oh, I know where this one's the, going <laughs> the Allianz Arena mm-hmm. there was um, 75,000 fans watching the game you expected some sort of you know title clash mm. and Bayern Munich won convincingly 4-0 and I mean Lucien Favre I mean <laughs> there needs to be serious scrutiny under this guy's mm. job um, I mean Dortmund you can say they bottled the league last season mm. again this season you see Bayern Munich are in transition and I thought this is the perfect opportunity for Dortmund to take this Bundesliga mm. and I just feel that you know, uh, under his tutelage, I don't see a progression in this Dortmund team. I and see... he hooked off Sancho mm. after like 36 minutes as well. Mm. Mm. Torgan Hazard has, has struggled. Mm-hmm. Julian Brandt has struggled. And it's down to the manager to mm. get the best out of these players. So, Lucien Favre, if you're listening, you're my prospect <laughs> of the week. <laughs> Go ahead, Sammy. I'm going to... Uh, it's, it's an easy choice for me. It's going to have... It's, it's got to be Unai Emery. Mm-hmm. Again. I know he's probably been a regular. <laughs> My first time on it, guys. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to go. With, listen, the, the, he, he's totally out of his, totally out of his depth. I think it was, <laughs> it was, it was clear before yesterday against Leicester, but even more so after the after the performance. So nowhere near winning that game yesterday, and, mm. and you know. I think we mentioned earlier. I think Arsenal fans are probably happy that they came away with with yeah. with, with such a, you know, a two nil yeah. two nil defeat, which is Shocking. which is a, a sorry state of affairs for the, <laughs> for a club the size of yeah. of Arsenal Football Club. Yeah. Um, change needs to be made. Whether they're making it make it or not, you know, time will tell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, getting getting beaten like that, sort of so convincingly, and and not even looking like winning the football match. Mm. 
um, for a club like Arsenal is just uh, is 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 sad for me because mm. we, you know I've grown up we've all grown up with great Arsenal teams mm. yeah 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 and this this team isn't you know is such a shadow of of, mm. of what we've come to expect um, that and Emery's got to take the got to take the bullet for that because you know the players are there mm-hmm. the you know the, the training ground's fantastic the stadium's great everything's in place for that club to thrive yeah. So you know, it's not like he can, comp- you know, he can moan that he hasn't had the he hasn't had the backing. They're giving him the money. He's um, got the support network. Yeah, Edu, everything, yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. everything you want from a, a top club, he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's my he's my prospect of no. <laughs> I, I can't agree with you more on that, on that, Sammy. Honestly, um, and I and I feel honestly, Dot, you can just cut copy and paste my my response every single week mm. from now right up until he gets the sack because mm. it's going to be the same <laughs> thing we're going to say every single week he's it, it that nothing's going to change and it's and always going to be the same same <laughs> argument so yeah just copy and paste everything right up but on the last week Archie who's your prospect of the week is it VAR again it's just one of those things honestly um, but yeah I, I mean uh, thank you for, for that guys uh, as always we're going to put that again out to everybody and get your views and your, your thoughts on that um, I think that's that's unfortunately all we've got time for so we're going to have to end it there and wrap it up we want to say a massive thanks to Sam me for coming down. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. I really you for inviting me, guys. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that's it, man. We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it again sometime soon. Um, and as always, gonna continue to sort of support you in your in your work and and, and keep a close eye on you know the articles you're putting out and, and that kind of stuff. It's 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 been, it's been great so far. So keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Thanks for um, um, and, and and yeah. So listeners, if you are not yet following us on Twitter, uh, please make sure you do. It's at podcast underscore tbg. Um, we're sort of uh, around the 750 odd <laughs> follower mark. We need to get to that yeah, 800 milestone. So we give out gold for free on this. Yeah. Platform. Just, that's it man so you guys have got to help us out man help us to get to that that 800 milestone um, so you know continue to share out the content amongst your friends family members uh, your group chats uh, whatsapp uh, you know you can set up a work email thread and chain you know and, and send it out amongst there um, you know we, we don't discriminate in terms of platform we're, we're across everything so you can listen to our content on SoundCloud on Spotify um, on Apple Podcasts and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts please also make sure you leave a five star review the engagement does really really well to help uh, you know move the platform forward um, if you are going to uh, respond to any of the, our, our tweets and stuff please make sure you use the hashtag TBGpod um, all engagement is welcome whether you agree or disagree with the unpopular opinions uh, um, that we share on, on, on the podcast you're more than welcome to, to air your views um, uh, and, and let us know and, and let us know what you what you think uh, ultimately um, so before we sign out we're just going to go around the table and everyone's just going to plug their individual uh, Twitter handles as well so make sure you follow both both our uh, individuals, po- uh, individuals <laughs> and the um, uh, podcast TBG uh, handle too so do you want to start off? Yeah. I'm okay. um, at LFC Nino Liverpool Propaganda <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm on uh, at Sammy Mockbell 81 underscore DM. Uh, give me a follow. Cool. I'm at Dej underscore TBG. All followers welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and same over here. 
uh, at Budge the Guna, B U J T H E G W O N E R. Of course, I'm a Guna, but uh, you know, I, I love a serial retweet of, of, of any good football <laughs> content, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, get, get following, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening up until this point. Um, until next time, over and out. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K, now on KO.